Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And welcome to Going Pear-Shaped on AudioEntropy.com, a podcast where we talk about eh, just kind of whatever we feel like. But this time we're going to talk about something someone else feels like. Here's our special guest for the week, the one and only Jules. Hi, how's it going? It's going going pretty well. I'm, we're recording this much earlier than normal, so I'm a little tired, but I'm I'm willing to get up to talk about um to talk about what we're going to talk about today. I almost gave away what we're going to yeah, talk same. about today. Like time time zones are weird. Like just because God scheduling time. this is such an asshole. Time is an illusion, but it's a, a horseshit illusion. But anyway, uh, Julie, you mm-hmm. you wanted to talk about something with us, huh? So this literally came up because I can't remember which episode it was. Uh, but you two were talking about just games in general, as usual, and Matt mentioned offhand how he knows how much I love Halo, and Mike, you were all like, I didn't know Jules likes Halo, and I, at the time, I was listening to this while walking my dog, and I literally just stopped in my tracks, like, how the fuck does he know? Okay, hold on. (laughs) No, uh, let me tell you, not only was that how I found out that you liked Halo, but I think, like, later that week after we recorded it, we did that clusterfuck episode that was like the season two finale of uh, Totally Spies on Totally Reprise, mm-hmm. and I was the one who noticed that like one of the weapons in that show made a Halo gun sound effect. Yep. And you were like, "Wait, hold the fuck up! I got to go back and check this." Yeah, and it was a plasma and pistol sound. Yeah, <laughs> from Halo One. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking deep audio entropy cut for our like super fans, <laughs> and by our super fans, I think I mean just Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying but- to imagine who listens to like all this stupid fucking bullshit. And I think think like you- nits about it. You too know how many monthly subscribers we get, right? No. Well, I'm mostly talking about this podcast specifically. Sure, sure. You I guys mean, have a lot of that is on me for being too lazy to put it on iTunes, which you know what I really should just fucking do that. That's on me. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you you're the you're the big Halo fan. I mean, like, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Um, I played the first two games way back in the day. Uh, I played the first one a bunch at like land parties and stuff because I had a I had a job where one of my coworkers was fucking rich as hell. Nice. And had like parents who had a mansion and they could he could afford the whole setup or like they, we had fucking four TVs and four Xboxes and all that shit. So that was nice. <laughs> that that was that was the ideal way to play like multiplayer shooters in the day was to just have a rich friend, I guess. <laughs> um and then but then when Halo 2 came out, he stopped hosting those because Xbox Live was a thing and I didn't have Xbox Live, so I was just SOL at that point. And so that's where I fell off the Halo series, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played 2, played a little bit of 3, didn't get far, but like that's that's where I went. Matt's gone further than I have, though. Yeah, um, I have a fair amount of experience with this series. Uh, Halos 1, 2, and 3, I had a tremendous amount of time invested in. Um, I sort of started falling off the series with Reach and 4. Um I actually remember liking Reach well enough. I just didn't play it anywhere near as much as 3. 4, I have some problems with. And 5, I was actually a very, very good from what I played of it, and I played a fair amount of that game, um, but I don't have an Xbox One. I played it back when uh, my brother brought like his Xbox One back for like Christmas and whatever. Um, really enjoyed that game, but didn't really get enough play time with it to really form like a super solid opinion. But um, yeah, man, those first three games, wowza. Mm-hmm. So let me go ahead and just like really reinforce just how little I've paid attention to the series since three came out. Sure. Y- Has there been a Halo Six? No. There will be. Okay. I honestly wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, Halo Five was very commercially and critically successful. Um, I guess Halo Four technically was as well, but that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So we we've talked about how far we got as a baseline. Julie, how far have you gone into the series? So 
I've played Halo 1, 2, and 3. Uh, I started off with uh, Halo... I didn't start off with Halo 2, but I basically got into Halo because of Halo 2. Because that's when, A, I was getting more into, like, shooters as a genre, and B, uh, basically, my grandmother was in town, and she offered just buy me a gift, as grandmothers are one to do. So I got an Xbox and Halo 2 and Halo 1 at the same time. And yeah, I re- I'm going to put it this way. Halo Combat Evolved is the first video game I ever finished. Oh, wow. Holy fuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yep. I played a lot of games before that. Like, my first game was, uh, well, you kind of finish this, obviously, but Tetris. But then the first game I ever played that could be finished was Super Mario Brothers for the original Game Boy. Never got to the end of that. Um, played a bunch of other games before. Banjo-Kazooie? Nope. Zelda Ocarina of Time? Nope. <laughs> GoldenEye? Nope. Could never reach the end. A, I'm a weenie. Uh, I Sometimes things just, like, scare me in games. I'm like, no, no, I, I can't do this. Uh. Nope. <laughs> too much stress. Uh, B, some games are just too hard. I was like, especially as a kid, I was like, eh, I'm good. I yeah, especially, like, a lot of, like, older N64 shooters, I remember confounding me as a child. Although, in fairness's name, some of those games are just bullshit, so... Yeah. Yeah. So, Halo 1 was kind of like... It was actually kind of my first power fantasy, because I actually felt safe in that game, no matter what. Because <laughs> I was just a big fuck-off, like, super soldier with You were cool a big fucking sweet... Mer- Space Marine, who had an assault rifle with a 60-round magazine, and man, the fucking sound effect on that AR is kick-ass. Oh my god, so good. But, it's yeah, so good. There was something weirdly comforting about the regenerating health, because I think mm-hmm. a lot of people forget this. Halo, I don't think it was necessarily the first game to give you regenerating health, but that popularized it, it like, as a, oh, yeah. as a mechanic. Yeah, uh, oh. it popularized a number of things as well. Um, yeah. The interesting thing is Halo 1, People, a lot of people tend to forget Halo 1 actually used a hybrid health system. Um, because you had regenerating shields, but your actual health pool, once shielding went down, did not regenerate and you needed health packs for it. I think, did any of the later games in the series do that? Uh, ODST did, um, because you were playing a regular-ass human. Yeah, you were playing the scout, yeah. The point man or whatever the fuck they called them in that game. You know what, I actually kind of like that little touch that's Mm -hmm. like, well, technically this is a sequel and it wouldn't make sense if the tech was better than the first game. Yeah, so, no, it was yeah, actually back it was actually packs. a really cool throwback to like the older game in the sequel or the older game in the series where you're playing a dude who is shittier than Master Chief and that's actually represented mechanically. It was also represented mechanically by the fact that the the fucking I can't remember what they call him. Um it was also represented by the fact that the protagonist of that game could not dual wield. Yep. As opposed to Master Chief who was a badass just, who could just yeah. fucking dual wield. As Bungie put it, uh circuit uh, 2552, humans did not n- know they had a left hand. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so, okay. So, that was Halo 1. Halo 2, I played a bunch. I loved it. I am also kind of an apologist for that cliffhanger ending, but, I yeah, that's a whole thing. My um, apology for cliffhanger ending in Halo 2 is it's revolutionized, like, online console gaming exactly yeah like all the all the pros severely outweigh the cons um i would say unlike most shitty cliffhanger endings in video games there was a sequel yeah yeah, there was a sequel and it actually had a really sad that sequel had a satisfactory ending so it delivered it did yeah uh, the ending of Halo 3 was actually very very good so yeah yeah because let's let's be honest the the triple a gaming scene is flooded with games that have sequel hooks at the end 
that never came to anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's actually because developers and publishers or whoever ultimately makes that decision are really presumptuous. Yeah, that's actually a really good point I haven't thought of in years. Is <laughs> at the time Halo Two got an incredible amount of flack, and let's be real, it was kind of a shitty ending. Let's but yeah, it was, clear. it was. Yeah. But like nowadays, that that's really not that that's that just happens yeah. yeah well i mean even at the time like halo was the only thing microsoft had going for them on the xbox like halo 3 was going to happen right? yeah like there was no way halo 3 was not happening so they they were a bit safer to take that gamble yeah. so yeah. going back to the games i've also played odst and reach which were the spin-offs uh Basically, ODST takes place during Halo 3. Reach is the prequel to all the other Halos. Yeah. And uh, I've also played Halo 4. Oh, God. Oh. I have... I'll get into it later. Just... We'll, yeah, we'll get we'll get into it. Once, once we've established love- the baseline, we should probably roll back and, like, take these in order. Yeah, just, I fucking yeah. love how, like, everyone who played 4 was just like, oh, my God. Because it was one of those games where... it. it Four actually has a lot of things going for it in reality, but like, oh uh, mm-hmm. god, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, haven't played Halo Five. What I have gone into that Matt hasn't delved into is, I f- am a huge fucking Halo expanding universe nerd. Uh, at least up until uh the end of the Bungie era, I should say, because I have read <laughs> the first four Halo novels as well. Okay. Um, Again, I think I can actually match Force for Force here. I actually watched, like, the Halo anime spinoffs. Oh, no, same. Yep, I watched the Halo anime spinoffs. Oh, really? Fuck. I've also watched the uh, more recent... Matt, did you think there was a way on God's Green Earth Julie had not seen the Halo anime spinoffs? I thought maybe I could get lucky and squeeze in it, but, like, nah. Mm -hmm. Not there. Um, Also, I've... uh, What else? I've seen the... Not Nightfall. It was... The live-action series that was basically a prequel to Halo 4. I can't remember oh. what it's called. Uh, um, it, it, was, uh, oh, uh, it's, it was, like, into something. Fuck, what was it? Because it was actually, like, really good. Let, let me, let me Google good. it, since I'm the one who doesn't really have anything to add. Yeah, sure. the um, dark, I, maybe? Uh, Forward Unto Dawn? I think it was Forward Unto Dawn. Which is really weird, because it's not about the Forward Unto Dawn ship from Halo 2 and 3. I fuck now. It, now this is gonna really bother me because it was actually like a really, really good series. Yeah, it was, it was like way competently made. Yeah, it was actually. actually like, yeah, yeah, I think it's just called Halo Nightfall. Apparently, no, no, the Nightfall was 2014. Fallout Storm was 2012. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I do like that. I googled this, and it's a bunch of uh, articles from last year going, "Where's Spielberg's Halo TV series?" Well, that's coming <laughs> to Showtime apparently. <laughs> Oh, that's still happening? Yeah, it's still happening. Um, but that was okay. announced in 2013, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, like, normally I'd make fun of that, but, like, the Halo franchise has actually proven over the years that it might actually have what it may- takes to, like, well, be a good, to, like, well, here's the thing. standalone sci-fi series. I followed so closely the entire production of the planned Halo movie under Peter Jackson, uh, as well as Neil Blomkamp, who went on to direct and uh, create District 9. Oh so. my god, I'd forgotten about that. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> right? Holy I mean, that's shit. something a lot of people forget, you know, between, like, the sort of the dude bro, fratty, shooty bro culture that people associate with Halo. It's actually got a really interesting mythos. It's yeah, just it kind does. of usually on the fringes it's, and in the ancillary material. It's one know? of those things. Well, that's the thing. This but, is actually the thing I love about Halo, which I always sing praises about. A lot of the stuff is in, like, the ancillary material you mentioned. But... If you actually want, like, the story, 
once they got into Halo 2, if you want just the general bigger universe stuff, it's actually all there in the game. You just have to look for it. Yeah, and Halo 3 in particular, I remember uh-huh. going really deep with that stuff. Like, what was the name of, like, the fucking AI you could find at, like, weird hidden terminals? Because that entire thing had, like, its own weird side subplot. It and did, it was super um, easy to miss. God, what was the name it, of that fucking... I can't remember. I'll need to look into it myself. Either. Because it, it was just one of those things where, like... So, Halo 2 uh, introduced really fun easter eggs with the skulls um yeah. for people who don't know basically you could just find these random literal just skulls in the game and they would add either like weird mo- weird or like huge difficulty modifiers one of them just removes the entire hud including your aiming reticle yeah <laughs> um, um another one makes it so whenever you shoot grunts in the head uh confetti comes out and it makes the um sound effect of children uh cheering from viva pinata yeah grunts birthday party i remember uh, that grunts one. birthday party so good and then Halo 3 uh, also had weird stuff like, so, okay, one of my favorite things they introduced in Halo 3 was armor customization in multiplayer, and the only way you could unlock some things were with in-campaign easter eggs you had to find. One of them being, uh, near the, uh, like, I'd say third act of the game, there's basically a huge control room that has, uh, like, displays of each of the seven halos in the like actual universe and <laughs> the basic thing was you after before you fin- actually finish that mission oh there's a, there's my point- god i fucking know exactly what yes, you're about to say there's a point where like between cutscenes, between gameplay there's a quiet moment when all the rings are lit up if you jump through them in a specific numerical order you unlock a skull, which then also gets you access to a piece of Halo armor in multiplayer. Isn't the order determined by the sound you make when you jump through the rings and you have to play, yes. like, the first seven notes of the Halo theme? Yep. I think is what it was. Yeah. That's literally it. <laughs> oh, quick digression, since someone mentioned the Halo theme. That might be the best piece of video game music that has come out in, I guess, what you'd call the modern era. I, I think you like, can once, make once it. We've mo- like, once we've moved beyond, like, bleeps and bloops and the, like, the really iconic, like, 8 and 16-bit shit, like, and we made sort of that shift to more orchestral music that's, like, I mean, can be more emotional and stuff, but it's less catchy, like, there's less memorable, like, melody lines and shit. I think once we got into that era, I think the Halo theme's the cream of the crop. Oh, it's absolutely, like, way up there. Like, because I remember, and everybody who played that game remembers that fucking main menu theme. Yeah. Because you knew immediately you were in for some serious shit. And then that game delivered on some serious shit. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, what else I... Like, in terms of, like, main themes, though, for, like, modern video games, or just video games in general, like, the only one I can think of off the top of my head, and there are others, but the only ones I can think of off the top of my head are, like, Battlefield 1942 and Metal Gear Solid 2 as well. Metal Gear Solid 2's theme, um, was also, like, easily... Don't forget Metal Gear Solid 3's, uh, theme. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah, I'm still... (laughs) Metal Gear Solid 3's theme is very good, but it's good for very different reasons, I Exactly, feel. yeah. Because yeah. it's just a James Bond song. Yeah, but, and it's like, it's a good one, but, like, mm-hmm. sometimes you... Whatever, I'm not gonna start fucking singing that song. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, I've... I love it, though. Like, the fucking... 
the, the qu- just like that just fucking how, like, Gregorian fucking choir. Yeah, like the weird the fucking Gregorian chant like, makes you feel like something really big and important is happening, and then after a little while, it transitions into that. Oh, it's so good! It just it gets you into the moment so quickly. Like one of my favorite things toward the end of the game, and admittedly, it's been a long time since I played the original Halo, but it doesn't like that theme. Like, start playing during the gameplay toward the end when like shit gets fucking real. Oh, yeah, yes. exactly. I seem to remember that. It, yeah, it's like, oh, fuck, that's the theme. Yes, yeah, here we yeah, go. Yeah, like, it's, it kicks in during, like, the final escape, which is a really good final escape sequence we've been into it. But it kicks in during the final escape, and hell yeah, it's fucking awesome. God, I... God, there are just yeah. so many things I love about this series that I feel so many people overlook, because it does, like, people just think about, you know, the sort of F- FPS gaming culture as well as, you know, the bro culture you mentioned surrounding it and just that's mostly the multiplayer and i fucking love the lore like i i love that you know at first you you call all of these enemies by like the human names they're given like grunt elite and jackal and stuff and you find out no they actually have like <laughs> their own species names like sangeli and ungoi and <laughs> yeah yeah and i remember that because the the first time that really came into play was the fucking limited edition the limited edition version of Halo 2 came with a special instruction manual, mm-hmm. and it was written from the point of view of, like, a Covenant field commander. Yep. So was it was such a cool it was, touch. It was such a cool detail. So it I'm, used, like, actual, oh, all the oh, actual... Fuck. What's up? Hold on. I was gonna say... I'm just saying, oh, fuck. Like, okay, we were gonna have to get to this, but I'm really excited to get to that. Okay. How fucking cool was it when you got to play as the Arbiter? Right. It was yes. cool. Fuck people who hate the Arbiter. The Arbiter's cool. Fuck you. Wait, people hate the Arbiter? Yes. People hate that storyline. Okay, the reason they hate the Arbiter is they typically associate the Arbiter with the worst parts of Halo 2's campaign, which is kind of fair. Kind of. Like, okay. Sort of. Let's actually go into, so, Halo 1, big critical success. It's the whole deal of, hey, there is an FPS on a console. Also critical sex, you had it right the first time. Yeah, critical sex as well. Totally. Um, Uh, This is a fucking AI, has his boobs out. Oh, God. I'll get into that one as well. But, so, (laughs) the whole thing was, like, Halo 1, like, it is the new Microsoft poster child. It's the flagship game. It was not the first game to... It's not even a launch title for the Xbox, but it fucking just blows everything out of the water. Halo 2... Was it? Here's here's the thing. What was strange strange about Halo and the Xbox is that game and and its sequels carried that system basically alone. Yeah. Like... Like there have been there have been system sellers on games before, but they're usually like once that system is established, other like you know pillar titles follow suit. Right. You know, like Mario Brothers sold the NES, but other games came later. Sonic the Hedgehog sold the Genesis, but other games came later. The Xbox was a Halo machine from start to finish, and that was fine because Halo was just that good. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, one of those games that was like Halo One. Oh, sorry, Jules. Go ahead. Oh, it was mostly just like. So, after Halo 1 comes Halo 2, and that's a difference of three years. That's 2001-2004 for, Halo, for uh, Halo 2's release. And, oh my god, there is, like, I have watched all of the video doc, um, documents from Bungie. I have read all of the accounts. I have looked into the history. Holy shit, those three years were like hell for them, because... Oh, I fucking believe it. I actually don't know that much about Halo 2's dev cycle, but yeah... <laughs> It was basically the yeah, case. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Actually, uh, yeah. weird. <coughs> excuse me. Weird side tangent. Uh, have you read that big old article that uh, oh, Waypoint, Waypoint, Waypoint published recently? That the what? The Waypoint like verbal like history of Halo. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
Yeah, apparently Austin Walker had been working on that for like God knows how long. It's really yeah, good that- because it's great just getting all that stuff from the horse's mouth of like, hey, here's what like Bungie is like, and here's what Halo became from. Because people sometimes forget, yeah, Halo started out as a, an RTS meant for the Mac. Yeah, it did, and it had, like, dinosaurs and shit in it. It was the, fucking weird. You can go back and find the one, the, the very first bit of Halo, as we know, is a weird piece of animation they released that was basically a cutscene that they released for Macworld before they got bought out by Microsoft. And it's so weird seeing the difference in that. Just basically look up Halo Macworld, like, presentation. It's super weird, but the best thing was, like, it's sort of, hey, here's a weird sci-fi RTS, let's do that. And then they're like, well, we've got to include vehicles, and let's include, like, let's make a Jeep. Okay, this Jeep's really cool, let's add a gun position, okay, cool, That's this is all meant for the AI. And they went, this Jeep is so cool, I want to drive it, why don't we just make, just create a player character for people to drive in this shit, because this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> this Jeep so- is way too awesome for some shitty fucking RTS shit. Yeah, so that was basically that initial progression of Halo, but with Halo 2, the whole deal was now they've got the pressure to live up to Halo 1, which is already huge enough. Then you've also got Microsoft going, you've got to churn out this game in three years and you just got to do it. And you've got to do it, like, way better than you did it. <laughs> so, in, in fairness's name, three years is actually a reasonable dev cycle. It's reasonable, that, but... That, that is a reasonable <laughs> period of time. But basically, it was the case where Bungie was still, like, not a new company because they made games beforehand. But it was yeah, they more made, the case, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was more the case oh, where, like, sure. they. Just, <laughs> how do you follow up Halo in three yeah, years? Exactly. It was one of those games where it's like expectations for that game were so fucking high that I, I can only imagine what like the pressure, not just from like a critical fan reception point of view, but also from a suits are on our back point of view. Because again, as Mike pointed out. And the Xbox was a Halo machine, and everything was everything was riding on that fucking game. You kind of get the sense, looking at video material at the time, and in retrospect of the Halo 2 dev cycle, that Bungie still kind of felt, and I say this not in a derogatory way, they kind of still felt like university students trying to meet a deadline while working at the last minute. Because uh, that the most famous bit of pre-release Halo 2 uh, media was the uh, E3 presentation, which showed, hey, you're back on Earth, you're fighting the Covenant on Earth, and had this really, like, cool cinematic pieces to it, it revealed dual-wielding and carjacking and everything like that, and then afterwards they came on and said, yeah, uh, we just fucking, like, made that in a week, we had nothing beforehand, <laughs> we were like, uh, fuck, just, just put it in, just put it in, and there's so many things in that that don't make it into the actual, like, campaign of Halo, but also, like, different mechanics. Like, the way the battle rifle works in that <laughs> presentation does not work the same way. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, how does the battle rifle work in that So, basically, originally, it was a three-burst uh, fire when you didn't aim down the scope. When you did aim down the scope, it would switch to um, single-shot fire. Right, and I remember because they basically split the Halo 2 battle rifle into two weapons later in the series where you had mm-hmm. the battle rifle and then you also had the designated marksman rifle. Yep, which is yeah. pretty cool. But yeah, yeah then no battle rifle just ended up being, you know, three-burst shot no matter what, which was kind of a weird change, but eh. But- I mean, the ba- I, I fucking love the battle rifle. I think it is absolutely up there with, like, the 
and this admittedly is only because I played so much Halo, but like that is that for me is absolutely up there with like the iconic video game weapons. It's really fucking good. But yeah. So yeah, and then <laughs> there are so many bits where uh, I Halo Three. I bought the edition that came with the fucking Master Chief helmet. It's in my basement somewhere. I'll find it one day. You can't wear that thing. <laughs> I so hate that. Um, but it came with a really cool feature, which was uh, a commentary from. Joseph Satan, basically the guy who's writing the story for Halo, Jason Jones, the lead developer on Halo, as well as one of the heads of Bungie, and Marty O'Donnell, uh, the composer. And it's those three giving a commentary over all the cinematics for 1, 2, and 3. And oh, wow. the shit. things they reveal in that were like, um, Matt, you would know this from Halo 2, that whole Arbiter bit where, you know, he says, I'm going to cut the cable. Yeah. And like when he's fighting off against the heretic. That entire campaign mission was based around that single line of dialogue which Joseph Stanley just went I want to make a level just based on this one cool bit of dialogue I came up with It's, I mean it's actually a really cool visual set piece of mm-hmm. you just slicing the supporting cables to like this fucking space station and then it just goes into free fall yeah. it's actually a really cool bit so I kind of can't blame him because I feel it sort of worked out it definitely did Um, but also things like there are so many ideas they didn't get to include, like, for example, uh, like having the Scarab be a bigger part of Halo 2, because the Scarab was this huge fucking city-destroying mech walker, and it was cool, but you couldn't but, really do it, much yeah, with it. In Halo 2, you kind of chase it through a hallway, yeah. and if it gets to the end of the hallway, it sort of just stops. Did you ever... F- did you ever find the Scarab gun in Halo 2? <laughs> I, I tried so fucking hard to get that goddamn Scarab gun. So, it's such a pain in the ass Mike, to get. Since you didn't know, um, one of the Easter eggs in Halo 2 was they had this thing, uh, which was just, it looked like a plasma rifle, but it fired yeah, it was a, it the was actual a pal- beam from yeah, the a, Scarab eye. <laughs> so it, it was... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was a game. It was the best weapon. weapon in, yeah, it was, it, I was about to say it was the best weapon in the game. It was a pallet swapped fucking plasma rifle that was shaded like gray. Yeah. That fired the scarab beam, which made it the best weapon in the game because the scarab beam basically one shots everything. Yeah, and it, it has AOE. It's just got everything. And yeah. the only way you could find it was at, in that mission. There's a point when a pelican dropship comes and drop uh, gives you a tank. If you are quick enough, you can run up to that pelican and literally uh, board it. And then it'll take you to a location, but not all the time, because sometimes it would just fly off, and then you'd see, like, the cardboard cutout of the city uh, that they don't want you to look at, and then the pelican would just get stuck in that, and then just, like, like just basically be kept in free fall while it knocks you out of the pelican. So, it was this weird thing I remember as a kid, like, going, oh, you know, I wonder if I can run up there to get the tank as it's falling from the pelican. So I ran up, jumped got in the Pelican, and I, I had a fucking heart attack, because I felt like I unlocked fucking the Fibonacci sequence or some shit. God. <laughs> and then, there were also moments where in multiplayer, in Halo 2, if you just died in a way the game's algorithm could not track, it just said that you were killed by the Guardians in the kill count. Yeah. Um, I remember Killed by the Guardians also came up, would also come up um, if you died to inf- certain environmental hazards, notably mm-hmm. like those weird yellow glowy crates. Oh yeah. If you if you took damage, if you took damage from only those crates and nothing else, you'd also get killed by the guardians. Which I guess I, I never quite figured out why that was the case. The, just um, let, let me paint the picture of like three teenagers playing this game at home with no Xbox Live, 
together, and then suddenly one of us is killed by the Guardians, and we're all just like, it, "What? Who did that? <laughs> Who it did the that?" Guardians. <laughs> it was the Guardians. Oh, and yeah, can't you read? It was the Guardians. And there are also fun things like, oh, you know, uh, some things that didn't make its way into Halo 2 were the Forerunner tank, which was basically what the Scarab became of just this huge Forerunner mech you would get to ride in the Arbiters campaign. Nope, had to scrap that, didn't have time, they didn't know how to make a fucking mech yet. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they would eventually implement that in Halo 4, if I remember, with the, or not that specifically, but giant walker robots with, uh, fuck, what was it, the Mantis, I think is what they yeah. called it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Halo 2 was basically a bunch of, like, we kind of want to do amazing stuff, but we can't yet because we're still figuring this out, and we got to beat one of the best games in the generation, if not, like, I don't know, ever in a genre? <laughs> like, Man, I'm, I'm absolutely positive there are, like, FPS diehards who would fucking fume over you saying that, but honestly, they can fuck themselves. Yeah, because, like, yeah. sorry, I... It's not that I don't care for, like, I Quake mean, it's, or Doom or anything, there. but Halo's really fucking good. Um, the f- one of the coolest parts as well was the fucking ARG leading up to Halo, the alternate reality game with Halo Oh, was what fucking, what was it? I Love, I bees. love, I love bees. bees. Yeah. So, yeah. that started when Halo 2 cinematic trailers Which were actually was, uh, let, me, let me just say, let me just say, I Love Bees, the first time a corporate ARG has been genuinely good. And also the last time. <laughs> no, you, you you are forgetting Charles Fusion's ARG. Uh, what was that? Charles Fusion's ARG recently was basically, hey, if you complete certain tasks and listen to audio and visual clues in the background of a Trials game, you unlock, A, the actual lore behind the Trials world, and B, it starts actually spitting out in Morse code and fucking oscilloscope wavelength messages coordinates around the world which then people went to found keys and message and messages in lockboxes the messages stated that in 2113 one of these keys will unlock a box that is buried underneath the eiffel tower Jeez. yeah i actually do remember that about trials uh, trials fusion right yeah i wonder if anyone's gonna try and hold them to that yeah, the because yeah they had a they met up with the lead developer and he was just like yeah i actually like straight up organized this with the places that you found the keys at because one of them was just at a building and you had to go to like the reception and like ask for a key <laughs> and then uh he was like yeah i also looked into like um i found a specific japanese manufacturer that would actually produce a wooden box that will last for more than a century and he had talked to, like french officials to like like just place like well i don't know if the box is buried underneath the alphatel but it just says he just cryptically says, "Yeah, the box will be there underneath the Eiffel Tower in in that year." He's made. He said he's made all the arrangements. He's talked with legal counsel. He's put it in his will. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking the weird. The, the, I think the reason the Trials Fusion one was so great is because, and this is a tangent, but the Trials Fusion one was so great was Trials is like an Xbox Live game. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like a twenty dollar game. It's not it's like a big thing. It's it's a good game, but it's not like it's didn't really have, like, the marketing muscle or something like the Halo, and yet... The, the fact that one of the clues had to be put through an oscilloscope for you to figure out. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the fact that the lore in that game goes that deep, it's just, like, it's so fucking weird. Yeah, we, we could do a whole episode on that, but I Love Bees was great because, hey, we're gonna put out this, you know, these trailers in, like, actual theaters for a big-ass, you know, FPS game. Cool. 
And then at the end of the trailer, the URL for the Halo 2 website quickly changed for like half a second to say ilovebeads.com. If you went to the website, it looked like just an ordinary, like regular ass, like Angel Fire style website about beekeeping and honey making. Then you started noticing that there were weird glitches in the website, and then later uh, on, the fictional webmaster for that website created a blog linked to that, saying, hey, it looks like the website's being hacked, and then bit by bit, clues were starting to be released to the point where <laughs> people found out that there were several, like, hundred, uh, like, global coordinates that if you went to, were just payphones, and... During, like, certain times in the day that the coordinates also gave, you go to the payphone, answer it, it'd be a pre-recorded message, you'd have to answer back and record, and also write down what the message was saying, report back, and then sometimes it was, it ended up being the case where you go to the payphone, it's not a pre-recorded message, here's a fucking actor talking to you in character from the Halo universe. Because the whole point was, this Jeez. was a weird AI that had somehow gotten trapped in our time and was reconstructing itself back on Earth and trying to recommunicate with its creator. <laughs> I fucking love the Halo. You know, now that you say it out loud, that seems kind of intense, really. There's one dude in Florida, minutes away from fr- Hurricane Francis hitting, went to the fucking payphone. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It would be in fucking Florida, too. God, I mean, I, just, I mean, no, if I'm living in Florida, I'm not giving a fuck. God, I just fucking... <laughs> oh, I love that entire arg so much. And the fact that, like, yeah, this, you know, actually colors some of the story in Halo 2 in weird ways because it gives you hints as to what the story's leading to and the big twists. And just, God... And then, yeah, linking back to the Halo 3 terminals, which I did find out, Matt, it was 032 Medicate Bias's progression into rampancy. That was... Yeah, I was about to say... Yeah, I was about to say, because I remember that being, like, a really cool arc with, like, this AI who... And I couldn't remember since it's been a hot minute, but I, like, remember that the AI starts getting weird. Yeah, because it was weird stuff, like... Like, for example, one level... One terminal's just found, hey, if you just follow this, like, path and go down, like climb across like an edge of a cliff face and go to a cave there's just a computer terminal and just has like a log and then you can like access it and interact with it and you can get this like log and that's a game where and because i remember the easiest one was the fucking it was like one of the desert levels like the desert beachhead level and right at the start um there's a door that's open for about three seconds that then closes, and if you can get inside there, you can access that terminal right at the start of the level. Have, if I recall correctly, it's yeah. been a, been a while. Since and they continue that weirdness in, like, Halo Reach. Literally the first level is an easter egg when, uh, like, at, in the storyline, you were just a bunch of fucking super soldier Spartans checking out, like, hey, there might be some rebels here because... This is, this is you know, Reach. This is the one planet before Earth that the Coven haven't touched. We're good. And then if <laughs> if you are quick enough, because uh, for anyone who's played Reach like you, Matt, you know the start of the level you begin, you start at the top of a hill. Yeah. If you run down that hill quick enough and you use your pistol because it has a scope on it, you can actually find an invisible elite running away from you, and if you shoot him and kill him, oh. it gives you an actual fucking data pad of information that leads to the actual twist at the end of that mission that the Covenant are invading. I'd forgotten about that. I do yeah. the best thing also, is- similarly, oh, hold, hold up, yeah. similarly, 
um, in uh, the first Halo game, 343 Guilty Spark, you could actually spot the Flood running around in the bog at certain instances. If you were really quick on the draw. Yeah! But it's also the case when that thing, like, oh, hey, here's a, like, weird invisible elite scout. That is actually part of the lore back to the novelization of the first Halo game, Halo the Flood by William C. Dites, where the one of the beginning chapters, it d- describes how Covenant will send an invisible elite into locations to gather information at the start of an invasion. Yeah. Although that's actually weird that you bring up the novelization, because I know for a fact Reach actually has some stuff that explicitly like contradicts the canon in at least one of the novelizations. It, it's one of, okay, so it's one of those weird things where, like, you know, some pieces you can, you know, pick apart and stuff. Uh, Reach the game, this is going to be weird, because you've got full of Reach the novel and Reach the game. Reach the game is weird because you don't... Okay, I'm just going to get into the fucking history of, like, the Spartan program, because why fucking not? So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, before... The year is, like, the tw- this is the 26th century of the human race. Covenant have not been met yet because contact has not been made on Harvest, which was one of the outer colonies of the human race, which had accidentally yeah, trespassed... Buck Rogers has already come and gone, <laughs> yep. so... And, uh... Human, uh, humans have not made contact with the Covenant, but they have trespassed into Covenant territory by colonizing uh, Harvest. But before that, the main concern was human insurrectionists, like just rebellions across the different galaxies, because, hey, when you the human empire is, like, fucking huge, it's hard to control. And the original program was the Spartan Ones. That included people such as one Sergeant Avery Johnson <laughs> from Halo 1 to 3, and... Yeah, I think, and, like, that's actually, that's the explanation of how Johnson survived the Flood, if I recall, is that he was so mechanically augmented they couldn't actually infect him, yep. and he was able to get out. Yep. It was, yeah. Yeah, and... <laughs> Wait, really? Yes, yeah, yes. no, that's the canonical explanation, is Johnson is a Gen 1 Spartan, yep. and he's actually been heavily mechanically augmented, which is why he's a lot tougher than... It, and that's actually, like, represented in, like, his stat line in the Halo games, is he's way tougher than a lot of the other Marines... And he can't be killed by the Flood like that. Yep. He's also like 60 at the beginning of Halo 1. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. No, he's like an old dude. Yeah. Um, and then, so that's the Spawn 1 program. Well, I, th- I thought it, I, I thought he was just a vaguely defined too old for this shit. No, no, no he has like his, this entire weird backstory. It's awesome. <laughs> it's great because, yeah, the whole point was Spawn 1 program. Gather some Marines, augment them. Cool. And he was like there during the first contact with the Covenant on Harvest. And then... Yeah, that's... Oh god! I, oh I yeah, that's why that. Chief gets. Yeah, that's why Chief gets super sad at the end of three when he dies. Spoilers for a game that's ten years old. By yeah, the way. because you know this is basically his like super soldier grandpa dying. Yeah, no, and he then, was like his mentor. Well, no, his mentor was one Chief Petty Officer Mendez, who was in the Spawn Two program, uh, coordinated by Doctor Halsley, who was the actual basis for uh, Cortana, the AI. The Spawn 2 program wasn't said, well, we all went in Marines, but they didn't do as well as we hoped. How about we just fucking steal children? Yeah. <laughs> what if we just do that? No, the, Sp- the Spartan 2s were like this weird, like, super unethical, like, Black Ops program. It yeah. was maybe, maybe oh, yeah, not okay. the great. Well, yeah, because basically it was, hey, here's 150 kids, which we, you know, because we're the military, we have access to all their, like, parents' medical files. We've determined through genetic coding, like, oh, they're actually, like, superior candidates to be experimented upon and like given orientations and so i was like okay well we had the budget for 75 kidnap 75 kids replace them 
with flash clones of themselves who will die from seemingly organic terminal illnesses in the next six months. <laughs> yeah. And then tell them that they're basically going to be raised to become, like, you know, the uniters of humanity because, you know, you're going to stop rebellions and stuff. And that was all detailed in uh, Halo uh, The Fall of Reach. It basically describes all the Spartans, which are canon. So you've got favorites like Linda and Will and Fred and, you know, Sam, God bless his heart, the fucking first Spartan to die against Covenant. And <laughs> fucking God. And then uh, it comes out. Hey, oh, Spartan. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, like, hey, then, oh, whoops, alien invasion, we, I guess we now give these guys super armor. Cool. (laughs) And then I'm trying to think, after that, you had the Spartan 3s, which don't actually get a lot of playtime, because they were, like, the ones where the program was really underfunded, and they kind of sucked really bad. Do you want to talk about, like, unethical, uh, slightly underfunded Black Ops programs? Spartan 3s were basically, okay, the Spartan 2s, there's, like, 75 of them, uh, but they're really, really good. This, but here's the thing. 75 of them. Uh, 12 of them kind of died during the augmentation and training process. Um, the rest of them, uh, three just dis-a-fucking-peered. So long, Grey Team. We don't know what happened to you until uh, Ghost of Monarchs, the fourth novel. Um, a few of them just fucking died. And then it's like, by the time of Halo 1, like, full of Rich to Halo 1, there are about 30 spawns left. And then... Uh, Master Chief kind of sent down uh, about 30 of them to reach, and whoops, like, maybe three made it out of there, four, five of them being generous. I'm trying to remember, I can't remember how many are canonically supposed to survive, but yeah, like, most of the Spartans are dead at that point. So basically, the only remaining Spartan 2s we know, uh, well, that survived full of reach were Chief, John 117, Fred 104, uh, I can't remember all the designated numbers, but uh, I I know June gets out, I think that's his name. June isn't um, a Spartan 2. It's George. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Well, yeah, I, I was just thinking Spartans in general. So, yeah, so... I must have gotten confused. Uh, John, Master Chief, um, Will, Fred, Kelly, Linda, and those are the ones that get out of Reach alive. Uh, but then Will kind of dies in Ghost of Onyx. I'll get into that. And also, uh, Spartan 2 was actually poached from the program, and uh, was his death was faked to train the Spartan 3s, and that was Kurt. And, yeah, the Spartan 3 program, okay, there's, like, at the time, 30 Spartans. They're not going to turn the tide of the war, because we're doing real shit everywhere else. So how about we just grab the orphans from all of these colony worlds that have been destroyed by the Covenant, and just tell them, hey, like, literally, let's throw them out of the back of a dropship. Whoever survives getting to the base will be told that they can be Spawn 3s. Let's give them the bare minimum augmentations, crappy suits with no shielding, and yeah. sent them on literal suicide missions, and it was basically mass manufacturing Spartans. <laughs> it didn't work, it by didn't the way. Work because all <laughs> you had left by the end of Reach was just Noble Team, which were just like, you know, you know the Magnificent Seven of the, Sp- the Spartan 3 program, with George, who was another Spawn 2 poached from the program to train the Spawn 3s. <laughs> like, I, I do kind of love that there's this duality of the series where, like, Everything that seems to happen, like, actually in the games is just, like, humanity is basically doomed and only the Marines can save us. And then everything that's, like, in the deeper lore is, hey, yo, the uh, military-industrial complex is horseshit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then it gets to Ghosts of Onyx, which was, you know, the one about the Spawn 3s and everything. And that... So, 
Okay, this is... Uh, we're going to get into some, like, post-Halo ter- territory here, but I'll also talk about Reach as well, because Reach is the game I love as a bungee swan song to the Halo franchise. Because Ghost of Onyx details the whole Spawn 3 program and how a few remaining Spawn 3s, along with uh, Spawn 2s who survived Reach, which were Will, Fred, uh, Kelly, and Linda, went to find them, basically, because Spawn 3s also found where Grey Team had fucking disappeared to, and they were apparently kept on stasis on a weird Dyson Orb shield world built by the Forerunners in deep fucking space. And <laughs> it was basically a whole thing of like, okay, the end of Ghosts of Onyx is all these Spartans are now just trapped in a shield world, safe from the Covenant, but kind of with no way back home. Um, and then they're just back on Earth. I don't, I still to this day don't know the actual, like, law reason for that. I will go in, I need to, like, investigate someday, but. Normally I'd say they hand waved it away, and that might be the case, but, like, knowing Halo, there's probably some weird fucking explanation. Well, yeah, because. There might be an explanation that, like, the original person who was coming up with it just never got the opportunity to fill in. Possibly. That's the thing, well, well. Eric Nyland has actually still been in touch with, like, the Halo canon up until, like, I want to say 4 and 5, so he probably still got to write something. Like, and yeah, like, you would normally say, oh, they hand-waved it away, but no, with Halo, like, they wrote a whole novel about what happens between, like, uh, Master Chief Cortana and Sergeant Johnson between Halo 1 to 2, which is a whole novel, which is First Strike, which is them just trying to get back home, which is a whole fucking deal and a half. Because, yeah. Well, I mean, no, I was under the impression that there's some weird horseshit with, like, what happens to the canon going from the bungee years to the not bungee years? Right. So, oh god, I just, right, I think this, yeah. I think it's time for the Halo Four minute. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, rip off that band aid. Oh. Like, I mean, we 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 did that last time around with Matt and Hearthstone. You know what? That's that's the new going pear shaped uh, like policy. All right, is rip off that band aid. So here's are the thing: are we gonna make that? Pain? I mean, we're not we're not we're not changing the sign off, Matt. No matter how much you want me to. Okay. But the but the policy, our motto it's is a bad rip off that band aid. Probably. Probably nope, nope, it's it. staying. It's staying. Okay. But our new our new motto is when in doubt, rip off that band-aid. Let's do it. So Halo 4. Halo 4. Mechanically. Halo 4. They call it Halo 4. Uh mechanically, <sighs> that game is fine. The mechanically, like I think Halo 4 from a gameplay standpoint, um, has probably one of, if not the best single player in the entire series. Um the enemy design in that game is fan mm-hmm. the enemy design in that game is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the weapons in terms of, like, single-player are all really, really good. Multiplayer, they decided to put power weapons in random, like, Call of Duty-style yeah. fucking care package drops for some fucking reason. So, like, you couldn't just go pick up the sniper rifle on the map, you had to, like, call it in. Okay, so, it's time to learn Time to learn a thing or two about high-level Halo gameplay. Okay, alright, uh, Matt, Halo- I'm gonna let you handle the mechanics. I'm gonna talk about the story. You go. Okay, okay, do you want me to go first? You, you go first. Mechanics first. Okay, okay, mechanics. So, this is why Halo 4's multiplayer fucking sucks ass. Halo's 4 multiplayer was designed around Call of Duty 4 and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 had come out at that point. Those games were the new hotness, and that game was clearly influenced by it. The problem is, those games fucking suck. And also, Halo had, like, Halo had a very, very sensibly designed core gameplay loop. For those of you not in the know, Halo, at higher levels, essentially plays like a version of Quake 
that's much, 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 much slower. What I mean by that is Quake is a game all about controlling weapon spawns and power-ups and rotating at specific points around the map to obtain those power-ups so you can maintain an advantage. It's what incentivizes playing aggressively in that game, because if you play up and you spread your team thin over a wide area, you can obtain power weapons like the rocket launcher and the sniper rifle more easily, and those weapons are disproportionately impactful, and they allow you to maintain control over objectives or gain kills easier. Halo 4 said, fuck all that noise, we're just gonna have you fucking roll dice for those fucking power weapons. And oh, also, you can get the fucking needler sometimes, because the needler has historically been a fucking power weapon in this fucking franchise, said nobody ever. It's not like I like the needle in Halo One. No, the needle, the needler is a cool weapon, but it's not a power weapon. It's not. It's, it's not, not in the same launcher. class as a. It's not a Spartan laser. It's not a rocket launcher. It's my, not a my favorite. Rifle. My favorite thing in Halo Two was when you could hold two of them. It was oh, so yeah. badass. It was so cool. Even though yeah. it's even though that weapon fucking sucked in Halo Two, it was like the worst in Halo Two. That weapon was not. Yeah, that that game. part sucked, but also I loved just being like just fucking <laughs> hold it down two pistols. Hold, like hold it out both triggers just be like I don't even have to aim fuckers here you go yeah fucking that gun had some fringe case applications in like Halo 3 because it was really really good in narrow corridors where you couldn't side strafe it which is an, admittedly is a niche application, but it at least had like a crazy low oh, time to kill Matt, in those cases. we should quickly talk about just real quick tangent before we go back to Halo 4 the fucking yeah. like oh my god the amount of rage over the difference between the pistol in Halo 1 and the pistol in Halo 2. So the pistol in Halo 1 was some fucking bullshit. Yep. It was this, what was it, like a 12-shot magnum? It, it was, it, I hate that it, I every time I mention the weapons, I get the actual, like, designated, like, <laughs> fucking signature code because I know Halo oh, Law. Oh, God, even I, even I don't know that. Like, yeah. come the fuck on, man. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the AR, the assault rifle's the M5AB. Uh, anyway, the pistol, yeah, in Halo 1 was just 12 shots. It fucking hit like a rhinoceros and it also had a scope <laughs> it had a scope and it was i don't think pinpoint accurate but no. it was it was very very accurate and if it wasn't hit scan it may as well have been it, it took like three shots to get down like your shields but yeah i'm probably being too generous like maybe like four or five shots to get down your shields and then just a shot to the head will probably kill you yeah i, I think it was fuck what was it it may have been variable depending on if you were headshotting people on shields as well but it was something like it was like anywhere from like four to six shots to kill i think it was depending ridiculous. on where you hit them it was a really 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 good weapon it was like the best weapon in that game aside from like the obvious power weapons rocket launcher sniper rifle etc yeah and then yeah. halo 2 the pistol was just made like an actual sidearm. It was like an actual fucking handgun, which is fucking useless in Halo because it takes up one of your weapon slots and, like, fuck that. Yeah, noise. but let's be honest, though. Uh, again, like the Needler, if you do wield them, you just feel like you're in a fucking John Woo film. Yeah, no, it's sweet. The weapon actually is kind of sucks but it, in Halo 2, but it's fucking sweet. I'm trying to think of, like, other weapons in, like, Halo 2. Halo 2 introduced the Brute Shot. That thing was kind of shit in that game as well. It got way better in 3. Yeah, well, I mean, Halo um, 2 also introduced the Energy Sword. <laughs> it did. And that weapon was fucking sweet. And it was also bugged because if you tried to... If you locked onto somebody and you tried to swing it while you were in the passenger seat of a Warthog, you would store the distance mm -hmm. you would get from the sword charge. 
Yep. So if you sat there swinging at somebody and then you got out, you could literally like vault across the entire map. It was absolutely also- no practical purpose for that, but it was funny as fuck. It was also the case where if you had used the rocket launcher and you didn't fire, you just aim down the sights of it, lock on to stick a regular person, and then like real quick switch to the sword, the sword and swung. It would just send you flying across the map as well. It was just one of those yeah. weird ass glitches, which I loved. <laughs> yeah, no, those glitches were fucking awesome. So, mostly because there was like no practical purpose for any of them. Yeah, uh, Halo Four though, just God, like okay. Hey, you know how the Forerunners? You know how they've been established as being completely dead in canon for like four fucking games. They're back. They're back. <laughs> They're back. So oh, I get it. Stupid. The Forerunners. They're back. A Halo story. So, yeah. like, okay, oh God. here's the thing. We talked about the satisfying conclusion to Halo 3. Halo 3 yeah. ends with an awesome homage to the f- end of the first game, which is you driving a warthog with your fucking sweet-ass alien buddy, the Arbiter, like, as an entire Halo construction world blows up around you, and then you make a sweet jump into the back of a fucking, like, UNSC like ship and then you fly off into the sunset however the arbiter's half of the ship gets you know sent back to earth uh the back half of the ship don't make it with the master chief and cortana in the back and they're basically left drifting in space and it ends with the really nice line of hey we're just gonna like sit here i'm gonna like wake me yeah it's it ends with the line wake me when you need me yeah I think it's the exact line. It's such a good line, because it's just Chief climbing into cryostasis where he started in Halo 1 saying, you know, I'm done. Like, Yeah, I'm it's out. like a fully cyclical conclusion. It also um, was implied that Master Chief, at that point, that Master Chief was the protagonist of the Marathon series, mm-hmm. if you got the legendary ending of that game, which was fairly hard to do, but it did. Um <laughs> And like, yeah, it was a, it was a real like it, that ending was really really good. Yep. It was like a fully cyclical thing. All major plot threads in that series had been resolved. Everybody got a satisfying conclusion one way or another, and it was done. And then like Halo Reach happened, but that was fine because it explored some of like the new the parts of the lore a lot of people didn't know about, mm-hmm. so that was cool. And then Halo Four. So was- okay, so Halo Four opens up. Four years after the end of Halo 3. And basically, things are weird in the world because humanity has a bunch more room to just, like, improve itself technologically speaking, thanks to there being not an intergalactic, you know, war anymore. The Covenant, for the most part, have been disbanded with the elites, the Sangelis, like, trying to, you know, break any more remnants around the galaxy. But there are still, like, you know, purists involved who want to keep the Covenant name intact. And then it opens with, you know, the ship, the half of the ship you're on, basically free-falling into this big Forerunner world, which is also being pursued by the remnants of the Covenant and a UNSC cruiser called the Infinity. And you get caught in the middle of that, you then, uh, you then regroup with the humans. Like, th- this is the part of the game where I was, like, into it. Because, like, okay, cool. This is a great yeah, way because to like, like, bring him because back. initially, yeah, because like initially the setup for that game is actually really good, mm-hmm. or it's about as good as you could realistically expect. No, um, and like in fairness, his name to Halo Four, it actually does a lot of stuff I like narratively, like the interactions between like Cortana and Chief, and like Chief actually gets like a lot of characterization in that game because normally he's kind of like a blank slate, like stone jawed fucking badass dude, but in that game he actually displays some like real emotional vulnerability. 
which hadn't really been explored in that series up to the point, but it also feels, like, logical and earned. It's actually yeah. good, but, it, like... It doesn't make sense, for like, to, yeah. from three to four for that sort of, like, emotional jump in the game. Well, it, it, I feel like it kind of does, though. Well, okay. Because, like... It, it's one oh, of the things ahead. where, like, the fun fact is that Halo 4 is the first game where Steve Downer is the voice of Master Chief and Jen Taylor, the voice of Cortana, ever actually met in person. Oh, I didn't actually know that. Yeah, <laughs> which actually colors, like, the Chief and Cortana dialogue I love a lot in the first three games. Like, there's some really good moments, like that first moment when Chief actually rescues Cortana in Halo 3. Like, yeah. that's a good moment. And, yeah, but you can realize, like, oh, you know, there's not stilted dialogue, but there's not as much of a connection. Now there is, which is great, but it the thing, the problem I have with the Chief-Cortana relationship in 4 is that it starts veering into the <laughs> the fucking thing people made fun of Halo for is that it kind of just feels like Chief really wants to fuck Cortana. Yeah, that part is a little... I don't know, I feel mixed on that because, like, again, like, Cortana's, a, Cortana's been, like, his only consistent social point of contact in that series for, like, who the fuck knows how long right. at that point. So it actually kind it's it's weird, but it's the kind of weird I can almost sort of get behind. It's the thing where, like, okay, so, beginning of Halo 4, and honestly, I'm going to say, like, the first half. I like that part of it, even. It's good, because it's also dealing with the fact that Cortana has literally run her course as an AI. She's running rampage. She's yeah, no, actually breaking down. Yeah, and again, like, all, and, like, the reason I like it is all of this shit has been established in canon... So it actually makes sense for this to become a logical thing. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, Cortana's undergoing rampancy, and, like, that's not just some bullshit they pulled out of there. And, like, that feels so contrary to, like, my main problems with Halo 4's lore, and trust me, I have a lot yep. of problems. Is like, prior to a certain point, everything proceeds logically, it's been set up, and it makes sense given everything that's been displayed in that series up until that point, blah, 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 yeah. So then, it's when, honestly, I started getting worried when the Chief meets up with the humans on the Infinity. And it's when he meets the new breed of Spartans. Because there's a whole bunch of new Spartans around. Because they actually perfected, like, augmentation technology. So it's like, oh, cool, new Spartans. And then they're all the biggest fucking meatheads, and I hate almost all of them. I I was actually kind of okay with this. Because at this point, like, so, like, the deal with the Spartan 4s is the Spartan 4, and I mean, yeah, the writing for them is actually kind of bad. I, I'm, when I say I'm okay with it, I'm okay with it in theory. Right, yeah. I don't have a problem with them being, like, just, like, normal kind of jockey dude bro meatheads, because that actually makes sense, because they're, like, actual, like, normal, well-adjusted, or reasonably well-adjusted adults who, like, underwent, like, a normal... Like, a normal recruitment process, right. and not a being thrown out of the back of a transport shuttle yeah. on a hostile planet process. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny the when you actually, like, lay out, lay out, like, how the fucking spawns were picked originally. It's like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, it's like, it's like one was kind of normal, four pretty normal, and then, like, two and three, like, what the fuck? <laughs> They were on some shit when they came up with those programs. They don't Holy even have fuck. lost names, these kids. Which is reduced to literal fucking numbers. Oh my god. But yeah, but so, yeah, I was, yeah, I was okay with it in theory. Like, the improv, the impractice part, I can't remember a single one of their goddamn names. That's the thing. And the only one I remember is just their the commander, Sarah Palmer, who, cool, hey, female spawn commander, awesome. Voiced by Jennifer Hale, awesome. But then the... The worst part about them is, honestly, A, they don't contribute shit. 
Yeah, I feel like Five did a better job with this. Yeah, they don't do shit. Um, but yeah. Uh, Halo, and then the again, this thing that happens after Halo Four. I'll get back to the narrative of the core game, but the cool thing after Halo Four is that hey, they release an episodic like campaign series that you could play, which was you playing as the Spawn Fours, and like your own team of Spawn Fours with you and your buddies, and there, it followed a storyline about a, another team of Spawn Fours that you were always like. Um, running parallel missions with. And the most grating thing was that all the missions revolve around, hey, let's go back to this weird shield world and just collect the scraps of foreign tech to, like, you know, bring back home for research. Every time these missions started up, every time you're in the middle of these missions, every time at the end of these missions, Every single fun- fucking spawn forward just go on about, like, these eggheads just want this stuff oh, back Oh, God, the yeah, fucking... Fucking the phrase egghead. I don't know what fucking writer was infatuated with the term egghead, but it's... Oh, every time I just wanted to kill someone and, like, not a covenant. I wanted to kill, like, an actual human. And and to be clear, it's not attributed to, like, one Spartan Four who's, like, that dude, because that would actually be fine. Yeah. It's, it's, like, all of them, and it's like, what? What What what, the fuck? What the fuck you doing? Just... I don't even mind the fact that they don't give a shit about, like, the scientist dudes, but, like, yeah, it it was weird. It felt so artificial. It It, it really did. But, um, yeah, so with Halo 4, the the fucking turning point narratively, where I actually was just like, okay, what What the fuck are you doing? Was when, for me at least, they introduced the new villain, which is weird, because Halo has never really had a villain. It's had, like, villainous characters, but... It's not really it, the closest thing you ever really got was the grave mind and the prophets. Yeah, that's it. That, that was absolutely it wasn't really the like a the bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Because you know the prophets of truth were basically, hey, we're just leaders of a religious cult. Grave mind, here's a fucking huge zombie plant that speaks. In yeah, I here's a huge habitat. zombie. Yeah, I was about to say here's a huge zombie plant parasite monster world eating thing. Yeah, that's kind of a dickhead. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, then <laughs> then you meet the didact. Who is basically Vampire Master Chief. Also, he's a fucking forerunner for some goddamn so reason. The whole even though it's just I, I like I know if you've never played this series, it it's probably hard you're probably like banging on about this and you're like, what's the big deal? The big deal is they have established again and again and again continuously over four fucking games and like nearly a decade worth of continuity in like novels movies, short series, games, advertisements, whatever, that the Forerunners are all dead, and then they just bring them the fuck back. And You can't do that! You can't, it, it has no impact, because here's the thing. So, here is fucking Space Dracula that they reveal, and the thing that I hated most was that, straight away, there's no shock. Cortana just goes, it's the Didact. How the fuck do you yeah. know this? How the fuck do you yeah. Your characters that you are playing should not know more than you do without reason. Yeah, and, and, like, on top of that, there was no... Like, again, going back to, like, this thing, we'll go back and forth bashing on this game. Fucking... There was no reason to bring the Forerunners back, no either. They don't, they don't do anything interesting with it narratively. Like, wait, were we wrong about all this shit? Like, are the Flood yeah, gonna I was actually gonna back? offer as a counterpoint that Mass Effect had a similar thing, where there's an ancient race that was supposedly yeah. dead... And then turned out to still have some of them around. Well, was only one of them. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not necessarily opposed to that conceit. No, because um, like, <laughs> but like, 
But the thing in, here's the deal in Mass Effect, though, they do something with that. Yes. Because, like, the fact that they're not dead, but were rather, like, cannibalized, effectively, like, culturally cannibalized by, like, these weird fucking, like, machine life forms is actually a big driving point of the narrative in 2. It's important, and they use it in ways that are interesting. And that carries And then you get, like... Yeah. Yeah, and then that carries over to 3, where you can get, like, the, the fucking, what do they call it? Like, the the Protheans? Pr- yeah, Prometheans. Uh, no, no, Protheans. Yeah. You know, it is, well, just, just Protheans. Protheans. Yeah, it's Protheans. They were slightly less on the nose than they could have been. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, fucking for real. But yeah, and then you get like a Prothean party member in Mass Effect 3. They actually do something with it narratively. Also, they hadn't, like, they hadn't gone through anywhere near as many, like, games and iterations and advertisements since it's literally the first game, they're all dead. The second game, oh, hey, that may have been an error. They introduced the fact that that may have been an error as early as the second game. So, like, okay. Fair enough. But by, like, the fifth game, the fifth fucking game in the series, not counting any of the spinoffs, some of which are actually relevant to the plot, and now you're pulling this shit? And it's, really? it's pulling this shit in such a shitty way, because, okay, here's the thing. Yes, you can argue that, hey, Javik, the Prothean fucking team member, only being available to certain people who bought, like, you know, editions of Mass Effect being shitty. Yeah, that's kind of fair. But also... The didact in Halo 4 being introduced is like, hey, here is a character from those fucking terminals back in Halo 3 that we're bringing to the actual forefront of the main campaign plot. Yeah, and the way they introduce him is like, oh, I guess this guy's here, I guess. Yeah, it's not like, it's super big, like, it's visually a big reveal, narratively, like, it's just like, you're like, oh, it's a didact. No, no, fucking tell me more about Space Dracula. What are his motivations? What's going on? And then it's such a boring plot as well because it's nothing interesting. Like Matt says, the whole plot is, hey, he's just going to do the same thing to humans and just cannibalize their culture and whole society. Yeah, I was about to say, it's like, you get it, it's like the flood, but it's mechanical and not organic. You get it? it. It's really interesting. (laughs) Because the whole conceit was, (laughs) he was basically imprisoned. Uh, by the foreigners because he was mechanically consuming human beings under the foreigners to fight the flood. Why does he still need to do that if there's no more flood? <laughs> yeah, he's so essentially just he's roboticizing like people and like other and like I think like even the, his own forerunner like followers mm-hmm. to fight the flood because the flood or the flood can't fucking take you over if you're a fucking robot. So beep boop, I'm a robot. I mean, it worked for that uh, that sergeant. Yeah, it did work for the sergeant. Then, like, credit where it's due. That's been an established. That was an established thing in Halo canon. So again, if the may like maybe there is another version of this game where they put more thought into this, and like the fact that the forerunners are back isn't maybe isn't like an actual like bad choice. But like here, it's just. <sighs> just you're you're okay. just like you're shitting on my. And just none of the characters bullshit. are as charismatic or memorable. Like, you, yeah, you don't uh, have Guilty Spark, you don't have Sergeant Johnson, the Arbiter comes back in five, but in four, nope. You just have a bunch of boring humans. I forget, is Halsey in four? If she's she is, she's a four, in she's any... good, but even then, she was already good in Reach. Yeah, she was good in Reach, and I want to say she's not in four for long, although, again, four is a game I try not to think about that yeah. much. Yeah. Okay. So so we've actually got a lot of questions to get to and we're past the hour mark already so let's let's try and get through yeah. like the rest of your grievances with 4 and 5 a little quickie. Uh, okay. 4 5 we don't really have any grievances with honestly. 5 is actually interesting because hey, here's a group of spawn fools actually tracking down the original spawn and twos which are like John, uh, Fred, Linda and Kelly, which is actually a cool like Bob, story beat. Sam and, yeah. and Norm. 
and Fraser. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, Sam died. <laughs> Sam's dead. Sam died. Sam fucking first spawn casualty. God bless you, Sam. <laughs> I took one for the team. I'm trying to remember. I actually, when you said that, I rem- all that information came flooding yeah. back. And I'm trying to remember how I remember that Sam was the first casualty. Well, because he like, was, because like, they never war. died beforehand. And then they first fought the Covenant and his suit breach. And he couldn't leave the Covenant ship they were assaulting to put a nuke inside. Oh, yeah, right. Fuck. <laughs> Which is actually, that's, that's how most Spartans die. Oh, I'm going to put a nuke in a ship. I can't escape. Oh, well. Oh, guess I'm... <laughs> Guess I'll die. That's how the original Noble Six died, because that's what was ha- that's what happened in the fucking live action trailer for Halo Reach. God. Okay, right, but yeah, we, we're running out of time. We yeah. gotta get we gotta get. Yeah, let's get to questions. We- <laughs> okay, before we before we do, do either of you have any final thoughts on Halo you want to throw out there? Um, Halo Five was pretty good. It fixed the multiplayer narratively. It's kind of a mixed. Halo Five is analogous to Halo Two in a lot of ways, where narratively it's interesting, but it's kind of underdeveloped. Um, but it's not bullshit like force or whatever. Um, multiplayer wise, they more or less completely fixed it. They added a weird like freemium model in like one of like the bid like like the big team battle like crazy wacky mode, which a lo- it soured a lot of people. I didn't personally mind it because the actual tryhard ranked bullshit. Um, there was no pay to win or any gross bullshit like that and that. So take that however you will um i think halo 5 in terms of like multiplayer is one of the best in the series i hated how halo 4 and even in halo 5 uh one of the big losses for that series going forward as it developed is the split screen multiplayer got progressively shittier yeah which is bad yeah and i mean i i absolutely respect 5 because 4 tried to have split screen multiplayer and it sucked and there were frame rate issues 5 they said you know what no more split screen multiplayer but the game is going to look fucking gorgeous and it's going to play awesome and it looked gorgeous and it played awesome. So even though I don't like it and I would have preferred a worse looking game with split screen multiplayer, I can at least respect the developers like making a tough call and sticking to their guns and making a really kick ass game out of it. Um, also, the advertisement campaign for Halo 3 is one of the best advertisement campaigns it's I've ever so seen good. for any game. It's so good. Ever. Like, oh, that's the Believe one with the piano, right? That's the Believe one with the piano. Finish that's the like the fake mock. Yeah, it's like finish the fight. That's like the fake mockumentary with like the the like uh, ODST like war veterans. Yep. Um, really, we're going through like the museum at like New Mombasa. It's really, so really cool. good stuff. It's so good. I, okay. Yeah, Halo yeah. typically has very good advertisement campaigns. My final thoughts. Like forward under dawn. Yeah, my final thoughts would uh, be, I guess, um. I consider Halo 5 to be... Mike, you barely get this as a, like, fledgling Kamen Rider fan. Uh, it is, for those Toku listeners out there, it's basically Heisei versus Showa-era Kamen Rider, but for Spartans, because it's just old-gen versus new-gen bullshit. I love it. I have no idea what the fuck you just <laughs> said. <laughs> oh my god. Um, what else? Um... I love how much Bungie is actually paid back to the fans in huge ways, in really and in really cool ways as well. Uh, before we started recording, we mentioned Matt and I that there is a Halo Three fan shrine as an Easter egg in the game. It's hard to unlock, but if you do it, it basically is an in-universe like documentation of fans, uh, like from people like Randall Glass, the guy who just fucking found out the way to blow up warthogs in fun, interesting like ways and also like the red versus blue crew i also appreciate that when red versus blue was first being made and they got a ping from the bungie and microsoft servers having like checked them out they didn't get slapped with a fucking like cease and desist they were told that's cool like 
we're okay with actually supporting you in this endeavor because this is actually a really cool thing and you guys are basically free advertising for us and yeah god rooster teeth got their start as like a halo fucking fan project yeah, and then it was the thing where like hey halo 2 introduced the thing i mean it's it's still the best thing they've ever well, done it, frankly it started so. with frankly hey if in halo 1 if you point your gun all the way down to the bottom there's a character animation where your character model like, bobs their head back up, so you can make the characters look like they're talking with their guns down. And then in Halo 2, Bungie in- implemented a thing where if you press down on the D-pad, you just automatically lower your weapon. Like th- I didn't actually know that about Halo 2. Yeah, yeah they, they <laughs> fixed that bug, but like, they li- left in a way to do it on purpose, specifically so Rooster Teeth could keep doing Red versus Blue. Holy shit, that's awful. I had no idea. Yeah, it's really wow. cool. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I love, like, I'm fucking, uh, I might as well just reveal, uh, there was a thing where, like, hey, um, the one of the biggest fan sites around was halo.bungie.org. Uh, I have consumed so many Halo music videos and machinima videos through that site, not just voluntarily, but because they used to run a screening process for videos being uploaded to their server, and they required an actual panel of judges. I volunteered for that as an idiot teenager. I literally was grading and criticizing and sending back videos for Halo Machinima going, mm, not good enough, uh, kind of the same idea we've seen everywhere else. Mm, don't know if we can allot service space to this. That's like a fucking 15-year-old. <laughs> Holy shit. 15-year-old you was not kind. I was actually one of the kinder oh. ones, and even then, like, I, oh my, there would just be Oh points. my god, I just... <laughs> I just realized something. We never talked about ODST. ODST, um, you know, like that's probably. Do we need I to? Think ODST probably is actually pretty not. great. Um, it's cool because it's a nice side story. We've talked about the most important parts of it. I will just say that ODST yeah. has an actual hint towards Destiny in it. Oh, I didn't actually. Yeah, know. If you, well, if you, maybe I did actually. If you go to a certain location and like, because it takes place in a abandoned city, and if you just shine your pistol light on like a fucking poster in one of the buildings, it just has the um the traveler like the big white orb over the earth and just says destiny above it oh wow yeah they were Holy planning that shit, shit. man <laughs> oh, nice. so here's my final thoughts mm-hmm. one uh the absolute best shooter game type of all time is all rocket launchers on hang em high God, that's so good it's actually a really good i wouldn't say it's the best but it's really good it's really good it's really um good. Yeah, so that's that's my first thought. And the second thought is, Julie, earlier you, you, you talked about Halo 4, and you were like, man, I can't believe they made a game that basically shits on everything the series stand for and dared to stick a 4 on the end. And I want, I want you to keep in mind, as you say that, that you were, that you were in a discussion with a lifelong Sonic fan. <laughs> Just for some fucking perspective on that one. No, I know. Honest, honestly... <laughs> I'm not sure, like, which one was, like, worse in its series, respectively, because Sonic 4 is a much worse game, but Halo had way farther to fall. It was a bigger point. shock, I think. That is true. I, I, think, I think before that point, I don't think there had actually been a bad Halo Mike, game. I'm, I'm like... <laughs> there had been plenty Mike, of bad Sonic yeah, games. Yeah, exactly. That point. You should have known better. Yeah, but, like, yeah, that's yeah. actually interesting, because Halo 4, by any objective metric, is a far, far better end than Sonic 4, but, like, Halo 4 came out, and it was like, oh... They made a lot of changes, and all of them, like, fucking suck. Oh, also, one last real quick point, because you reminded me of game types with Hang'em Higher or Rockets. One of my favorite things was Halo 2. Someone just made the zombies game type, which was just, hey, some people have energy swords and are zombies, and if they kill you, you have to switch to their team. Otherwise, you just yeah. get to use shotguns and pistols. A, it's really cool. They imp- they've implemented that as an official game type with actual, like, 
um, mechanics involved in every Halo game after that. B, that spawned one of the best Halo urban myths, which was someone was playing with a dude just like in the Zombies game, but they were just fucking around, just those two. And then one like said, hey, I'm just going to go like grab a drink. And it's like, cool. He left. And then, out of nowhere, a third person entered their game, all white, no animation to them. They just slid across the screen and were just knifing them with the energy sword. <laughs> and they only showed up as just a random player. And basically, it was it was actually kind of scary. Because if you were just playing with your friend at like fucking 11 p.m. at night and he just went to grab a drink and a third player entered the game. It was like, what the fucking shit? Especially because it's... This, this sounds like a creepypasta where it turns out the guy who went to get a drink was actually no, dead! It was a creepypasta, and then it turned out, no, it's actually, if you, like, have a weird server issue, like, server lag issue with your modem, that's just how you appear, and they were in a public game, so, like, at a time when most people weren't playing, but one dude just happened to join through matchmaking. <laughs> okay. God, I just love right, that. Well, uh, but go on. Are you two ready to get to some yeah. questions? Yeah, we can get to some questions for it. Okay, because we got a lot here, so... Um, I went ahead and asked people for Halo questions. Also, I said because Julie was going to be here, please send us some ridiculously horny yes. ones. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get a whole lot of those. Maybe so that's y'all the let best. me down. I don't know. Um, anyway, let's see. Uh, from Fletcher, would you rather choke someone to death with a Halo or throw one at someone like a Ninja Star? Uh, choke personally, just because I have a better su- success rate with that. Uh, throw because it's funnier. <laughs> I don't think either is particularly practical because like. If it's a halo, I'm assuming like it's got a set size, and so if it's small enough to choke them, how are you getting it over their oh, head? Oh, just use like a frisbee. Um, yeah, well, that's what that's the well, other option. The like, halo could be like flexible. No, what I'm saying is choke so, ch- like use it like you're choking someone with a frisbee. It's unwieldy, but you can do it. Oh, okay, yeah. Just got to crush I see their windpipe. You can just yeah, 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 okay. I okay. read, I read. <laughs> uh, this one is from Paul. How long did you spend in Halo One launching the Warthog with grenades? Oh. Oh, God. So often, because that's the yeah. thing, folks. Halo 1, the vehicles, you couldn't destroy them. So you could just, f- and they had weird physics in them, so you could just fucking bounce warthogs with grenades and rocket launches, and it was the coolest shit. Yeah, it was goofy as fuck. And the, to answer your question, I have no idea, but uh, you can be rest assured, it was a while. Yeah. It was a long it time. It was a long time. It was a non-negligible amount of time, Yeah. Yeah. I, I did love that basically no matter what you did with the Warthog, you could always just sort of walk up to it and press X, and it would just write itself. It wouldn't even be an animation of you flipping it over. It would just be boop, and there it goes. Yeah. I think they, like, I don't think they've ever added an animation for no, flipping they don't vehicles need to. in those games. It, that, yeah, no. Really, that's for the best. Yeah, no, I agree. Just telekinetically flipping is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This one's from Dan. How do you feel about how they dealt with Cortana over the course of the series, both in terms of personality and visuals? <sighs> visuals poorly yeah. because the titty AI thing has always been dumb and o- actually got dumber as the series went on dumb. because it, it actually because like dumb. the thing it, it, I was about to say the first thing is when it was a titty AI like okay fair enough it's just like a weird computer program but then other AIs started showing up okay fine and they all had clothes yep yeah In the- and it suddenly became like they pointed out how fucking weird it is that like this AI just has its fucking tits out. In- well, also, like, 
the the thing is, like, at least in the first game, it's like, okay, yes, this is clearly meant to be sexy, but because it's such a low graphics <laughs> yeah. game, relatively speaking, like, you could make the argument that, like, well, it's, she's just shaped like a woman in, like, a jumpsuit right. or something. Yeah. But, like, no, she, like, the details got more intricate. She just became a naked And it's, like, lady. just straight up, you no, like, to, that's just her butt. You that is to, just a human ass. I was about to say, you could see the spinary just scroll across her fucking breast. And it was just, like, it was the uh, case where in the expanded lore, the whole deal was, oh, you've got smart AIs, which are Cortana, which are Cortana, and dumb AIs, which are basically, like, AIs based on historical and fictional figures, and they look like the figures they're based on because they're just, like, pre-programmed things. Smart AI can take on any form they want, so, and, like, in the books it described all these weird AIs that existed. Like, one was just named Azrael, and he was just a fucking fiery, like, demon face. It's like, okay, cool, like, Cortana can just look that way because she's looking that way, and she was based oh, on yeah. Dr. Halsey's brain. Oh, that's that's the classic excuse. It's okay, guys, the character chooses to look right. like Yeah, that. no, but it gets weirder because, like, Cortana's based off of Halsey, so you realize at a certain point that you're basically looking at a butt-ass naked version of a younger, like, 25-year-old, like, Dr. Halsey. Yeah, and then... And then they introduce fucking... And also, that says a lot about her subconscious. Right? Yeah. If, her, if she's, like, she's given a, a position where she can choose her, her form at all times, she's just like, I'm never wearing clothes again. Fucking, ever. it's one of those things where maybe if they actually leaned into that, it may have actually worked. That, but as it stands, it was... Yeah. That reminds me of one of the coolest bits of lore with Halsey, which they never actually mention explicitly in the games, which is... So, in Halo 2, your human commander is... Miranda Keyes, the daughter of Captain Keyes from Halo 1. They never mentioned the fact that Dr. Halsey is canonically her mother. Oh, really? I fucking didn't yeah, know Yeah, because that. in Fall of Reach, it's basically hinted that Keyes and Halsey, because they were on the scanning missions to find the Spartans, had kind of a relationship with each other. And in the, in the fucking Fall of Reach limited edition I got, which comes with uh, Halsey's diary, there's actually mentions of her trying to reconnect with Miranda. <laughs> So, I guess Halsey manages to, like, dodge bad anime mom, then. <laughs> kind of. Avoid that status. Yeah. I mean, not a high bar, but, like... Which becomes evil tried. scientist anime mom, so, you know. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not familiar with the character you're talking about. Did she have a ponytail that was, like, on one side and tucked, like, in front of her chest? I don't think so. Don't, that doesn't sound no. like Okay, then she, she's not an anime mom. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I don't remember, like, her look, but that sounds no. wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Next okay. question. Uh, this one's from Rose. Uh, two questions. What was your favorite weapon in the game? Oh, we and, never talked about it narratively. And, we huh? we never talked. The question was aesthetically and narratively. We oh, never right, talked about right. the narrative. Yeah. I actually kind of like what they did with Cortana narratively. Yeah. I think that stuff is okay. Everything was. I I, yeah. I I felt like the heel turn in five was ah, weird. It it'll largely come down to Halo Six yeah. and whether they can pay that off. Yeah. I don't mind it. I don't think it's bad, but they need to they need to work with it. Um, and whether they can do that remains to be seen. Mike, for you and uh, listeners who don't know, Halo Five is basically the story of Cortana going fucking batshit due to four, uh, using foreign AI to survive Halo Four, and then basically having control over all conventional technology in the in the galaxy. Yeah. So the deal with Halo Five is Cortana goes rogue and tries to forcibly disarm everybody uh, using Forerunner WMDs. That's that's the general setup of Halo Five yep. and, and Halo Six, and it, it kind of it ends on a cliffhanger similar to Halo Two, and it remains to be seen like what's gonna go there. Yeah, and 
Okay. Yeah, in, in my opinion, uh, narratively, yeah, like Matt, m- fine for the most part. The only weird thing is at the end of Halo 4 when she becomes human-sized and hugs the chief, and then that's when it's like, okay, like, this is, okay, like, how many fanfics are going to be written about this specific scene? <laughs> yeah, for fucking real. That, yeah, that was a little weird, but again, I... Yeah, yeah. I, I, that shit bothers me a little, but I'm way more bothered by, like, the Forerunner shit. No, yes, definitely. Okay. Bad. I will just say, you talk about uh, a series getting handed to a new developer, and then suddenly a popular female character does a heel turn that kind of sucks. As a Sly Cooper fan, I feel you. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was better than Sly Cooper, though. They handled it better than Sly Cooper. It's Sly weird. Cooper, like, yeah. Okay. Um, but anyways, from Rose, uh, what was your favorite weapon in the game? And now that the plasma sword is out of the way, what's your second favorite weapon? Um, <laughs> you, she was supposed to say gravity hammer. Yeah, gravity hammer because is the gravity hammer. Good. Yeah, gravity hammer is funny as fuck because you can just launch fucking vehicles into the Do stratosphere. You just want to be Mario, but in Halo. <laughs> yeah, for fucking real. Um, God, that's a hard question. I'm gonna um, go. It's kind of a toss-up between the rocket launcher, just by virtue of the fact that I'm bad at aiming, and so like that's just a fun weapon for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, the rocket launcher is a good weapon, though. Or like just sort of the the needler, not necessarily because it aims for me, although that is like a, a nice thing about it. Like I just fucking love the needler, like as a concept. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's such a dumb like cartoony concept for a weapon. This is a thing that shoots homing spikes and then they stick into the person for a little bit and then they fucking explode oh. in a pink cloud of gas. And I fucking it's, love it's that weird because you describe it cartoony. Reading the novels, those things are the worst thing in the universe. No, no, no. Needlers are actually like fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah, they're like awful. Like there's like super unethical weapons. But I actually really like. I unironically love the Needler's design, though, because I remember I remember playing that game when I was a fucking, like, nine years old back in the day, and I remember looking at the Needler and thinking, this is, like, a super... Because, like, you gotta remember, I was a kid going from, like, N64 graphics to, like, Halo graphics, and Halo looked amazing <laughs> for the time. It looked like the graphics on that game were mind-blowing back in 2001, and I remember looking at the Needler and thinking... This is an alien weapon. Yep. And it, like, because yeah. the design and, like, of that weapon... like, the number of needles that stick out of the top of the gun actually, like, reduce as you fire Fire it, yeah. And you could, like, tell roughly how much ammo you had by how many needles you could see. And it's, like, the weird... It looked like this weird, like, pink fucking porcupine thing. And it even operated, like, a weird alien weapon with, like, its slow, like, homing projectiles. And, yeah... Like, I fucking love the design of the Needler. Yeah, like, the, the rest of the weapons, like, w- were fun, and they, like, had really neat designs, but they were basically just pew-pew laser sci-fi yeah. guns. Yeah, the Needler... But the Needler was, like, just this weird fucking thing. Yeah. The Needler is absolutely... It's not my favorite weapon in the series, but it's absolutely, like, one of mine. Actually, oh. what is my favorite? I'm gonna go with the Spartan laser. Damn it! <laughs> that was gonna be one of mine. <laughs> Oh, I sniped it. I'll Sorry. take the other one. I mean, you, you can you can have the same one. But yeah, the Spartan laser, the Spartan laser for a number of reasons. Uh, it's a weapon with a very high skill cap, where you want to be feathering the trigger constantly so you can snapshot people with it. It's a very versatile weapon. Um, it's actually not truly hit scan, which is an incredibly nice detail that the laser isn't truly hit scan, but for all functional intents and purposes, it is hit scan. I actually like I I put hundreds of hours into that game. Before I missed a kill on somebody, and I couldn't figure that out, and then I went back into, like, the the Halo 3, like, Forge mode to watch the replay, and I realized 
that it actually takes like two frames for that weapon to travel across the map. It's not true hit scan. You just reminded yeah, me. Yeah, fucking. Oh, you just reminded me that Halo oh. Three was actually the game that introduced you being able to record and go back and watch your gameplay footage. From yeah, every single match. Halo Three. Yeah, Halo Three Forge. You could replay it. You could rewind it for anybody's perspective, any camera angle. Record <sighs> screenshots, share them with your friends. It was so far ahead of the time. There are so many fucking things that are just taken for granted with shooters and just online games the in Halo. general now that Halo fucking <laughs> Halo did first. Yep. It's it's Halo nuts. Yeah, like fucking, fucking map making and like map editors. Like that's so cool. It, it wasn't like the first game that did it because I'm pretty sure Battlefield 1942. Uh, was the first game that may have had it. I can't remember. But, like, Halo... I remember, like, I'm gonna tell... Is it okay if I go on a tangent yeah, real sure. quick to tell a story? Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. the way we... I originally got Halo is my dad got an Xbox um, for Christmas 2001. Um, and the reason he got an Xbox was he heard his co-workers describe this game to him. And when he would... Like, because they were talking about it in, like, the break room. And, he rem- and I remember what sold him on it was the concept that vehicles weren't just, like, these boxes you got into, but were, like, actual pieces of machinery where you could, like, you had, like, a driver in, like, the driver's seat, and you had, like, a passenger, and you could have, like, a gunner in the 50 cal in the back. But, like, the gunner, but, like, the passenger could actually, like, fire their own weapons independently of the gunner. And, like, you could have a sniper, and you could, like, shoot out the driver, but, like, the gunner in the back didn't have the same health pool and they could like return fire on the sniper and like that was a fucking mind-blowing concept back in 2001 like separate vehicle hard points and like everyone having mm-hmm. an independent health pool and like even in the campaign like the ai could fill yeah. the other yeah yeah and the ai could like drive and they were fucking terrible that's why you always it. drove and you uh, let them shoot yeah absolutely um and they could like and and that was like another thing that really set that game apart was like the ai which which is hell still holds up like enemies will actually like go for cover and if like if you took it and that was another thing that sold them on it thanks for reminding me i, st- I still remember that like when i the, the first time i threw a grenade and an elite like was like oh fuck, fuck and, and ran like, behind yeah and, like thing. jumped for cover and it was like whoa what the fuck the ai in those games still totally holds up by the way mm-hmm. like the fact and like you could and they're like if you took out like the leaders like the grunts would panic and scatter oh, so good and just like and, like, all this shit that everybody takes for granted now, like, Halo was on the ground floor of that. And, like, Marines, and Marines would, like, throw grenades if they thought enemies were in cover. And that was, that, like, shit's, like, that's common now, but that was, like, fucking mind-blowing back in the day. And just... Like, you just didn't, you didn't get that. Fuck. I mean, there's just a ton of stuff that we just didn't yeah. get to because, like, we don't want this podcast to be, like, three fucking hours. Yeah, long. no, we could go three hours easy. Easy. Yeah. Speaking of which, let's uh, let's move on to some more questions. Uh, let's oh, we, I don't think we all answered the question though. The Julian never got oh, the, well, Julie well, never got the chance to answer. Between Spawn Laser or Battlefield slash D- uh, Battle, not Battlefield <laughs> Battle Rifle slash DMR. Yeah, good choice. Yeah. Okay. Oh, something yeah, I did Battle Rifle. We talked about the uh, mm-hmm. something I did want to say when we talked about the Needler was. Uh, Man, is there a better fucking feeling in the world than back during the original Halo when you were playing the multiplayer and you managed to throw a fucking sticky grenade onto oh, somebody? God, oh my god, that's awesome! And like, like if it, if it was in a proper land, like they'd be across the room from you, and you could hear them go, "No, fuck, 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 boom!" Yeah, as, as they desperately run at you and try to make sure they get you in the god, crossfire so and they don't quite make it. Yeah, god. Also, and just Shit. real quick, back to the vehicle thing. There is a hilarious thing which can only happen to people like me, which is, oh, I'm gonna get in the fucking warthog. 
I'm in the wrong side for the driver's seat, and I'm just a sitting duck now. <laughs> yeah, no, everybody gets their ass shot by a sniper because at some I'm, no, point like that. Because, it's embarrassing oh, as fuck. It's not because I go in the wrong place. It's because, oh, for me, it's right side drive. It's not... <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Oh, my God. Other things, like, I don't think we ever talked about the way Halo inter- implemented, like, the two-weapon system. Oh, God. Which was another big game-changer. Yeah, the fucking... It wasn't just that you could dual wield; it was the ease with which you could swap out your weapons when you had. But one also, well, no, not just, just having two. Not weapons. just that, but the yeah, the fact that you were constrained oh. on your inventory space and you could only carry two weapons, which forced you to make trade offs. Right, right, yeah, and that which which is something that does get frustrating when a shooter that could really benefit from not doing that does it. Bioshock Infinite was a big example of that. That there yeah. was no reason for that fucking game to have a two weapon. But system. also, like in terms of like ways to actually get shooters onto a console, which, I mean, again, let's let's remember, like, up until Halo, we basically just had Goldeneye, and I don't know if you've tried to play Goldeneye recently, mm-hmm. but it's kind of not actually that mm-hmm. good. That's that's not fair. We had Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. Yeah. Come on now. A.K.A. more Goldeneye. Um, Better Goldeneye. Well, yeah. yeah. But, like, that, that was a huge fucking deal. But, yeah. yeah. Just so that melee like, was a viable, like, form of an offense. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, all, that's actually a good point. Uh, Melee had its own button map. It wasn't, like, the fists. Yep. Although, that wasn't the first game to do that. Duke Nukem had the kick. So, fair enough. It was I still suppose. a fun thing to, like, sneak up. I love that they, sometimes they let you, uh, like, stumble upon grunts that were asleep, yeah. and you could just fucking hit them in the back of the head. And just kill okay. them immediately. I, I will say, Hillary Jolson juice one of my favorite mechanics, which is the assassination, which is basically, oh, I'm going to pull off a very slow but very satisfying animation of me like flipping you around and then knifing you in the gut and then walking away yeah <laughs> Although, and then it's super great when you do try and go for that right before you actually kill and you get shot in the face and well die. the best thing is like yeah because it's not auto kill it's you're still you're just locked in the animation yeah no it's a it's a it's a, it's a swag mechanic the, for the sure the best thing is seriously when you do it and even if you die this is still funny when you do it and the other person's teammate just runs you over with a warthog because it feels fucking yeah. cool <laughs> Oh my god. Move on next question. We can just talk about Halo for too long if you don't ask yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta keep going, yeah, okay, unfortunately. Okay, okay. Um, the next couple ones are from Emily. Who's the number one Halo kiss boy? Ooh. Um, I'm going with Sarge. Yeah. He's a tender lover. He knows what the ladies like. He knows like. what the ladies like. He said so himself. And you can... Uh, oh my god. Fucking, yeah. Context- it had contextual names for some of the objectives based on the difficulty. The ladies like armor plating. Uh-huh. I think it was, like, the ladies like, superior... I, I can't remember. I know the one I always remember was the ladies like, armor plating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think there was also, like, the ladies like, maneuver warfare, I think, may have been another one. I can't remember. Fucking, it's been too long. Uh, who's the number one kiss boy? Fuck. I don't really attribute kiss boyism to Halo, but there has to be one. I mean, are you down for Half-Jaw? What? <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> the Spec Ops co- Elite Commander, Half-Jaw. Oh, Ritaz God damn it. Yes, I know his name. Oh, fucking no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Throwing this on the table. Oh. Consider the Arbiter. No, you know who it probably is? Mm-hmm. It's probably like 343 Guilty Spark. No. <laughs> no. I want to... S- he, he seems like a really just inconsiderate lover. Fucking possibly, but like... I don't really want to kiss boy anybody in Halo, and I think if I'm going to smooch anyone, I'm smooching the little glowy orb. I mean, I'm personally going to go for Fred 104. 
I mean, that's fair. I, I, again, I'm not really down to smooch anyone in Halo, but I, I think I've Canonically, Fred has silver streaks in his hair, and I love that. <laughs> oh my god. Jules, how the fuck do you know Because it's a full of reach, because like, that was a mutation fucking... from the actual genetic experimentation they did on them when they were 17. Yes. You weren't actually supposed to be able to answer that. <laughs> <sighs> and he's also not the tallest one, which makes him perfect for undercover ops, because then he can blend into, like, regular human society. He's also really good Jules, with the knife. Shut the fu- Jules, shut the fuck up. <laughs> next question. Okay. Sure, Matt. The next question will save us from this kind of discussion. Yeah, I'm sure Also it will. from Emily. If you're in the Warthog's gunner seat in Halo 1 and you hold down fire, you essentially have a vibrator. Have you ever used this to your advantage? No, I actually turn off vibration because it throws off my aim. Also, um, not going to be surprised. That's the most anyone. mad answer to that I was question. About to, I was just about to say, also surprising absolutely nobody, I have never had sex. <laughs> I'm sure this comes as a shock to you all. Don't, don't go to have sex to have a vibrator. <laughs> yeah, but like, if your response to a question like that is, no, I turn off the vibration because it throws <laughs> off my aim, you're a person who doesn't have sex. I'm going to say to this question, yes, and the results were, eh. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't... I mean, if the thing is, fair enough if you're going to go that route, but, like, your controller well, no, okay, well, like, you're putting your hand... No, no, here's the thing, here's the thing. I don't want my junk touching my controller because I have to wash that, and I don't want to wash that, and also, so it means I have to yeah. do it through my pants, and that's not, like, there's not enough... Yeah. Yeah, I haven't that. done it, but that's, but that's yeah. because controllers are expensive, and also I don't think I've ever owned a console that I haven't had to share with my right, family, exactly. so... Yeah. Not, no. Yeah, that... that uh, fucking... I know some people are about that, but, like, even, like, if I was gonna do it, like, I'd just get a proper fucking vibe. Exactly! Yeah. Like, just just, get a, just yeah. treat yourself to a fucking actual vibrator. They're, they're not expensive. Like, they're not expensive. No. And, like, even, like, a cheap, shitty vibe is gonna be better than... Just buy fucking a fucking $20 silver bullet. Treat yourself. Yeah, fucking, like, you've got options here, people. Okay, thanks, Emily. Next question. (laughs) Yep, keep moving. Uh, From Paul. Were you surprised at the end of Halo the Other H when Master Chief took... Well, he typed Master Chef. (laughs) Were you surprised at the end of Halo the Other H when Master Chef takes off his helmet and it was Seamus Arant the whole time? (laughs) I refuse to engage with this question. Um... That actually reminds me. He managed to t- mistype the, the the names of both lead characters. <laughs> okay, this reminds me of the best thing ever, which is in Halo PC, you could unhook the camera from its position even during cutscenes uh, with like using uh, like things like fraps and stuff. So it led to this at the end of Halo 1 when he takes off his helmet and the camera cuts away. Someone decided to have a look at what's underneath the helmet. I'm just going to let you two react to this uh, video. Ooh, real oh, real-time reaction. I'm not sure. Yeah. I actually haven't. Uh, skip to, like, 38 seconds. Like, th- th- like 35 okay. seconds. <laughs> it's just on the helmet. Outstanding. It's just on the helmet. Even Bungie prepared for that. It's just another fucking helmet. That's... I'm, I'm very glad that that's what happens. <laughs> God, I'll never Come get on. over that. You know what... It, Correct me if I'm wrong, the, the PC port of Halo, I, which I actually did play back in the day, um, they added, like, a flamethrower, and that was kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, I'm pretty sure that was by Gearbox, yeah. wasn't it? I think it was, like, I think that was the first, like, not Half- Half-Life 2 expansion, or Half-Life 1 expansion thing they ever did that was noteworthy. Yes. Yeah, it was definitely Gearbox, because I remember that went on to, they went to, they went on to use the same engine to make Stubbs the zombie. Oh, fuck, they made Stubbs the zombie? I think? 
Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Havoc. Stubbs. Hold on, hold on. I'll check right now. Let's go move on to the next question while I check. Okay. Um, from Kendall, do you ever wonder why we're here? <laughs> God damn it. Oh, literally all the time. Uh, it says the developer for Stubbs the Zombie was a studio called Wideload, and its publishers was Asper. Oh no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the Havoc engine. Then that. Yeah. Well, I know how you got confused because I do remember that like it was made using the Halo right, engine. That's right. Yeah. Like I think I think that was the first and maybe only time that Bungie contracted out the the engine for Halo One for another game. Sounds like it. Yeah. God, that. Hmm. God damn you, Kendall. That is a good like. Episode one, red versus blue fucking pull. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so this one is from Molly, and actually tr- triggered a pretty big argument between her oh, and no. Emily. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. so from Molly. Essentially asking, uh, which is better on the Warthog, the machine gun or the Gauss cannon? Oh, uh, Gauss, Gauss cannon. cannon. Absolutely. Gauss cannon. Gauss cannon, absolutely. Because the Gauss cannon... Um, has a similar, like, uh, projectile speed. It's slightly slower than the Warthog. Warthog's bullets fly faster, or... I think it's, like, roughly equivalent. But the Gauss Cannon, once... If you're actually good at aiming it, um, the Gauss Cannon one-shots, it has splash, and it can destroy vehicles. Far, far more easily. Now, see, it's that if you're good at aiming it stipulation that makes me prefer the machine gun. (laughs) No, but, like, the the Gauss Cannon, like, like, it's rapid fire as well. like, like... yeah, like, the thing about the Gauss Cannon is its rate of fire is actually pretty good. And the other thing about it is it's way, way more accurate, which means you can actually confidently engage targets from a much longer range. Oh, like, yeah. you can zap people across the map with the fucking Gauss Cannon. Oh, wait, wait, zap? Zap? Is, is that something... I'm thinking of when, like, in Halo 2, they added the rocket launcher to the no, back of the thing. No, that was only that Halo PC. Oh. Yeah, no, the Gauss Cannon fired, like, a big fucking solid, like, 40 millimeter slug. It, it, it looked like basically a laser beam it was firing. Huh. What game did they add that? Halo 2. Halo 2. Huh. Was that, was that a multiplayer-only thing? Uh, it was in, it was in I... uh, the campaign as well, for a brief hot second. Yeah, I was about to say, for... Yeah, it was I in don't the ca- remember that at all. Yeah, it was in huh. the campaign for, like, one big fight where they, like, first... They, it's like the courtyard fight <laughs> at, like, the first third of the game where they, like... There's, like, the race and there's, like, the marines driving around and, like, the warthogs. And, like, one of them's a Gauss warthog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, yeah, Gauss Cannon. Um, okay, that's all the questions from the Facebook group, so let's get on to uh, Twitter. Uh, from Jasmine, at Pidmon, did you make any OCs? Because holy butts, Lady Elites are cute and fun. Oh! Um, I made an OC because you're literally required to when you play Halo yes. Reach. Yep. Which is great, and that th- that OC is actually in the cutscenes, which I love. Yep. Oh, man, we never talked about the ending to Halo Reach. Okay, like... Go for it. It's really okay. So Halo Reach, Halo Reach is writing in in my opinion is a real mixed bag. Some of it's really good. Some of it's really fucking corny and bad. But irrespective of what you think of Halo Reach's writing, that game has probably the best ending in the entire series. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what it does narratively is, as we've already gone over, the entire deal with Reach is Reach falls, all the Spartans wind up dead. So the final level of that game is a last stand in, like, a desolate, like, desert outpost where you're being encircled by Covenant forces. And so you start fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're running around, you're grabbing, like, weapons and, like, rocket launchers and, like, sniper rifles off the rack. And as you start to take damage, and the idea is, I, I can't remember what the exact objective is. It's it, something like yeah, survive. It just says survive. That's it. Yeah, it says Survive. Um, and as you're fighting and you begin to take damage, um, 
your visor cracks. And I have, and this is actually a really, really good example of how you can use like visual cues and like game mechanics because it obviously obscures your vision um, to tell a narrative because the instant your visor cracks, it's like, a, it immediately sets into motion the fact, the idea and the concept that you are fucked. Yep. You're not getting out of that alive. And that happens narratively. Like, no matter what you do, you're completely overwhelmed by Covenant forces and kills. Like, yeah, even mechanically, um, like, it, as, even if you keep killing more Covenant, it, it, it sends in, like, the higher-ranked elites and stuff. It sends in, like, a higher rank, and they start to get, like, vehicular support. And, like, your visor gets more, and your systems, and, like, your life support systems get more and more damaged as you continue to fight. And it's so good. Like, the way it sells that just idea of completely being, just being encircled in this just, like, completely hopeless situation. God. And it's just, yeah, the ending of Halo Reach is phenomenal. It's also great because really, you get to really see good. it in media res when you just see your fucking burnt-out, cracked helmet in the first cutscene. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, that also is partly why I kind of don't care for Halo 4, because the ending of Halo Reach, it then flash-forwards from that cracked visor at the end of the game, your helmet, like, in this desolate wasteland to reach having been repopulated by humanity and everything having, like, grown back and humanity's, like, all happy yeah, and peaceful. Yeah, and, like, the helm... Yeah, and, like, the helmet's overgrown and all that. Yeah, the, the ending to Halo Reach is very... Like, that ending level is phenomenal. And, yeah. It's, like... It, and it, it sort of comes out of nowhere because, like I said, I like Halo Reach's writing well enough, but it's kind of a mixed bag, but, like, that ending swung so far outside that game's weight class and, and in a good mm-hmm. way. It's, like, that's the sort of ending... And that's the sort of, like, narrative shit you see in, like, games that are typically, that typically get, like, praised for, like, having really strong narratives. And, yeah, it was only that one ending bit. But, like, if you're going to stick any part of the of a game's narrative, it should be either the beginning, it should be the beginning, and it should be the ending. And they more or less stuck both of those in that yep. game. But, yeah, um, also fun easter egg, if you actually look around the environment and that last level you actually see other dead Spartans because it's canonically where the last Spartans from the Spartan 2 program made their stand at the Mac uh, gun generators. Yeah, uh, I think there are, you can also find, like, dead Marines yeah. as well. But yeah, it's just cool seeing, yeah. like, oh, hey, there are dead Spartans, and there's a canonical reason for that. But um, Halo OCs? Yeah, uh, I was very invested in my Halo OC for Reach. He was a really cool dude who had, like, a fucking, like, optic camera on his helmet and green and black armor. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember my fucking Halo OC. It was J67, and it was a uh, fucking. It was a uh, brown and gray because I'm boring. It was brown and gray uh, Hazops armor. Nice. I always really, really liked like like the hazardous operator armor in that game. I was always. It's just uh, some my <laughs> spawn designation. I always ran with was one three two, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> I use that amazing. In everything. I'm sure nobody else ever. I'm sure nobody else ever used that one. No, but I love that, because it's just, like, such a... It's so bullshit, but I like it. Oh, uh, yeah. No, and that's fair. That's fair. I should... Fucking my OC... My Halo OC is better than yours, though. Okay, fine. Fuck you. Wait, what... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait, what was your armor color? Green and black. Okay, thank God. I was gonna say, if there's not green in that armor, then no, you done fucked I, yeah, up. It's me, Matt. Come the fuck on. Yeah, I, I know. I know. That's... I was just making sure. <laughs> All right. But, but that's my okay. Halo OC. All right. Uh, from Hey It's at Hey It's Beeb, uh, would you have preferred a game focused on Arbiter and Shipmaster Halfjaw going home instead of Halos Four yes. and Five? I think I would have yeah. actually. I want fucking Retards of Adam and the Arbiter to just have fucking buddy cop elite adventures back home. Yeah, I know. Like I said, I like the Arbiter. I think the Arbiter is cool. Keith David is cool. The Arbiter is also a cool character in the Xbox fighting game Killer Instinct. 
It's weird that that's sort of become their cross-franchise dumping ground, but whatever. <laughs> it's a good game. But, like, no, seriously. Um, yeah, I think I may have actually preferred that. We'll see how the narrative arc plays uh, off in five, or six, rather. Fun fact, um, oh. <laughs> fucking half Joel, uh, the Spec Ops Commander, a cool-as-fuck character, just a really, like, stone-cold killer. I fucking love him. B, he's... He's the shitty um, executive who's responsible for the creation of Robocop in the original Robocop movie. That's his voice actor, Miguel Ferrer. Really? Wow. Right? Holy shit. Okay. I did not know that. He's also, uh, I believe, in Twin Peaks as well, as one of the FBI agents who comes to help. (laughs) Nice. God, I fucking love, like, just their weird pulls for actors and stuff. Fucking, you're in deep. I, I am in deep. You're in real, real deep. <laughs> I mean, that's why we brought her on. Yeah, no shit. Fuck. All right. Uh, let's see. From at Lady K Hirsch, what are your top tier Halo ships in the relationship sense, not the spacecraft sense? I've, I've oh, answered the both. I was actually. I don't think I have them. Pat. I mean, if you have an answer for the other one, go ahead uh, and give it. Either the Shadow of Intent, which is a half jewel ship, or probably fuck it. I, I like the Pillar of Autumn. Although, I do like, canonically, there is a UNSC f- uh, vessel called the Say My Name. Excellent. With me, the Pelican. So oh, God, Pelicans are so good. Yeah. I'm also going to go with the Pillar of Autumn. Uh, mostly because, again, my knowledge of the series is pretty restricted to, like, the... Fairly intimately knowing the first game and kind of sort of knowing the second. No, like, cool, yeah, it's it. a good Halcyon class cruiser. Pil- Pillar of Autumn's pretty good cool. Good Halcyon class cruiser. Okay, so, but how about the relationship um, answer? The intended question. Oh... I mean, Chief Flash Cortana, yeah, like, I guess, but that's can. Does that even count as a ship? That's fucking yeah. Canon. Like, I don't really have any. Ships I'm for actually Halo. I'm more gonna, of a Chief Slash Linda person. I love the silence. You, yeah, you would fucking rattle off some bullshit and be like, "All right, I'll get." You know what? I'll 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 hit the. Pit. I mean, yeah, who the fuck is Linda? Linda is Linda zero fifty nine is the sniper lady from Halo Five. Okay. Yeah, she's really cool. She's basically she was okay. like the basically the closest thing John had to like a best friend aside from like Kelly eighty seven. Oh yeah, I think I actually know a little bit about that, huh? Or I've at least heard about it because my brother is real. My older brother is real deep into the war, like Excellent. you are. My fucking nose. Yeah, yeah. No, you two are like fucking kindred spirits. <laughs> My fuckers like rattling off all this bullshit. I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck you're. Yeah, Linda Pravdin's okay. one too. She's the first candidate you see. Uh, you, she's canonically called out in like the flashbacks in Halo Four. Like they say, candidate fifty eight, and like a little girl with red hair steps forward. She's fucking rad. Fucking, you know what? Fair enough. That's actually sounds like a decent ship. I got, like I said, I got nothing. I'm- okay. Mine is, um, and I may be misremembering things, but I'm pretty sure it's a cutscene toward the end of the first Halo, when the Halo is about to explode, and Sarge is still on oh, the yeah. Halo, and he turns to a member of the Covenant, and he's like, hold me. <laughs> uh, that, that's my ship. Yeah, you know what? That's better than mine. Which is Fun nothing. fact as well, uh, the Elite's catchphrase, what, 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 is actually Sergeant Johnson's voice actor's line, go, 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 but reversed and deepened. How the nice. fuck do you know all this? <laughs> I actually also knew that one. Oh, wait, really? What the fuck? Yeah. Then how the fuck did I not know that? I don't know. I played these games for like thousands of fucking hours. Like, Jesus Christ. God. <laughs> okay. Well, how about this? Uh, also from at Lady K. Hirsch. You're hired on to create the plot for a new trilogy of Halo games after six with no limits on what you can do. What do you do? All right. I, 
I make my own Fall of Reach because I like Fall of Reach a lot, but I don't give a shit about the Spawn 3s. I want my Spawn 2s. I want to see what happens with, like, all of those dudes that I fucking grew to love in the book. And basically, the, the actual way the Spawn 2s... Because the whole point was, you know, they actually were in orbit when Reach was invaded. They fucking literally are in a pelican free-falling through the atmosphere after the pilot's killed, and they just jump out of the back of a pelican into atmosphere with no parachutes and land on Reach. It's so fucking hardcore, and I feel like that would have been the best intro to a game ever. Because it's just you in the back of a dropship. Oh, we're jumping. Fucking go. Um, and then I actually would have just made a team of, uh, a game about blue, blue Team, which is just like Linda, uh, Fred, and Kelly and stuff. Just fucking give me stories about them, because I'm done with Chief. Chief is Chief is good, but that's it. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm pretty dumb with Chief myself. I think I actually take Beeb's suggestion here, and I just make a trilogy of games based off of like what the fuck happens to the elites and like the Covenant prior or um post like Halo Three. I think that's actually like a really good idea. Yeah, that's also pretty and like solid as well. And it, and I was about to say because like I was thinking maybe like you do a game about like the Spartans fighting like the secessionists and the rebels. But the problem I feel there is you're kind of losing out on a lot of what makes Halo Halo, which is, like, the weird aliens and shit, because you're not going to get any of that. Right. So, maybe, like, nix that idea. Or maybe you do something like... Well, no, if you're going to do a proper trilogy, you should stick to your guns. I was thinking, like, maybe you could do, like, a weird, like, experimental games in that universe, and I feel you totally could. But for, like, a proper trilogy, what i do, I think I would just do, like, Covenant shit. Yeah. 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 Okay. So here's my take, and admittedly part of this is my bias toward the beginning of the series because it's mm-hmm. what I know. Um, so I, I think part of the problem is that they, they've kind of run into a wall with, like, here are, you know, these this new team of developers, new team of writers, and they kind of don't really have an idea of where things should go. They don't really have any, like, new ideas, or at least not any new good ideas. They've kind of just run into a wall. What you should do when you get into that kind of situation and you are determined to keep a series going... Go back to the beginning, remake the original trilogy. Just tell that story they again. did. In higher fucking depth. Yeah, but don't, don't like, pretend you're not doing it. Like, just do it and say you're doing it. No, but they, no, but they, they did. Like, they did. Yeah, but, like, no, 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 but, like, just call it, like, Halo Champion, like, just call it Halo Combat Evolved again instead of Halo 4, but also there's, like, this weird No, 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 but they made, they like, made Halo, no, they made no, Halo, they, Halo they, Combat Evolved, like, remastered. Yeah, they made the Master Chief Collection, yeah. which had like it was like no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm not talking like an HD pack or anything like that. I'm talking like just like a remake. Oh, okay. Like, like, like ground up. Oh, all right. Yeah, like, like, like you get, you get what I mean. Like oh. just kind of. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Like, like modern tech and modern design. And like, yeah, I was about like, to just, say, like, completely redesign the library. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely yeah. Like that. That is the thing. Like there, there are. That's the. There's not a lot you would have to do. Um, there's 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 not a lot you actually can do to make the original Halo better, but there are things you can do that will have big effects. And I think a big part, like l- l- like let's be real, uh, probably the single biggest failing of the original Halo is the level design. There are a lot of levels where it's just here's a fucking hallway. Yeah, I feel like Halo One, like the the level design in terms of quality is all over the place in that game because you have some really really um you have some really fucking good levels like the two betrayals. And then you have some really fucking bad levels, like the the library. Yeah, but then you've and then you have like everything. But you've got truth and reconciliation. You do have truth and yeah, reconciliation. Yeah, but that's the thing is like for the better levels, you can leave them mostly unchanged, and then like the shitty ones, you can gussy them up. Yeah, and that's fair. 
they kind of did do that over time, like, because, yeah, Halo 3 ends with basically the mole run. Uh, Halo Reach has another Truth and Reconciliation yeah, mission in it, like... Also, Halo 3 has its own library analog. Shocker, it's the worst level in the game by it a wide really margin. Is. God, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad level, fuck. just like it was in Halo 1. But what also I, th- I think it'd be kind of cool is you can also, like, sort of, like, fucking, you know, Knuckles in Sonic 2 style, like, fucking... A lot of the gameplay innovations that the second and third game brought, and even some of the later games in the series, bring them back into the original game. Like, go through that, like, first level of Halo, but hey, now you can, like, dual-wield the fucking pistols and shit. Oh, don't, like, don't do... Fuck it, don't go nuts. Don't Halo 1 pistol, that would be bad. Oh my god, that would be so fucking ridiculous. Yep. Holy shit. I mean, like, like here's the, It's a remake. Like, they'd rebalance stuff. Like, again, like, it's, it's not, it's not fucking, like, hey, we're trying to, like... You know, make it exact one to one recreation. It's like this is this is our retelling of fucking Halo right, One. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's fair. I respect that. Yeah, that's 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 just my idea. Because here's the thing: I, I'm not saying I necessarily want them to do this, but like, if they're gonna have to make a Halo Seven, and let's face it, as far as Microsoft is concerned, they have to make a Halo Seven. Like, just fucking go back to basics. Just mm. just start it over. By that point, it will have been a fucking long time since the original Halo came out. You can get away with it. Yeah. Yeah, that fits. All right, so I've yeah, so I've got a couple things that are actually just responses to our Twitter <laughs> that have nothing to do with Halo. Okay. Um, one of them is a response from at Skyfox and is a response to our uh, episodes on both good and bad board games, and uh, he recommends Sentinels of the Multiverse, uh, which is a three to five uh, player deck based superheroes versus uh, supervillains kind of card game. And he says that there is a digital version on Steam that's actually pretty good. Wow. Oh, okay. Nice. I'll have to look into yeah. that. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll try and keep that in mind. Thank thank you uh, at Skyfox for letting us know. We'll keep an eye out for Sentinels of the Multiverse. I've I, I have noticed that I actually put it in my Steam wish list a long time ago. So I don't know. Maybe we'll grab that on the cheap if a sale happens or something, and then see what's going on there. Uh, and then the other one is actually from at Frankie Extra. Uh, he says that our episode about Hearthstone. And and like low skill skill ceilings and skill floors and stuff like that has uh, made him do a lot of introspection about why he sincerely loves Mario Party, <laughs> and um, is has, Can we, has made um, him. Okay, no, stop saying words. Um, is there any way to block somebody from ever listening to our podcasts ever again? Well, here's the thing, Matt. He he has offered to come on the podcast to talk about how much he loves Mario Party, and as another person who loves Mario Party. I'm thinking I might take him up on that offer against your protests. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm so sorry. Yeah, okay. That's fine. <laughs> also, Sonic Shuffle is a bad game, but it's not as bad as people think it is. All right, moving on. I Actually, love... we're not really moving on to anything because that's the end of the... Yeah, that's that's, that's really it. Really awesome. Great work. Yep. Really good work. Fucking, I Julie. love how you die on the hill of fucking Sonic Shuffle's not that bad. <laughs> that's the hill you die on. It's not that bad. Holy fucking shit! There, there are some good ideas in there that could have, that could have been ironed out had there been a sequel. <laughs> Nobody wanted a sequel to fucking Sonic Shuffle. Dude. I want a sequel to Sonic Shuffle. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. That's awesome, and I want a fucking Mega Man Legend Three. We don't always get the things we want. Fuck. Yes, and that is exactly as tragic as the fact that we would not be getting a Sonic Shuffle oh, 2. Oh, I'm gonna fucking slap you in real You're not life. gonna fucking do anything and you know it. I'm almost certainly not. 
Julie. <laughs> yes. Do you have anything you would like to plug? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Gatsby Low. Uh, you can find me on other Orange P shows like uh, the Digital Moncast, which, oh, God, that show. <laughs> I lo- <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at Wow, that sounds like a ringing endorsement. <gasps> it, no, it's more the... We, oh my god, we were so wrong about Digimon still being amazing. It, uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> um, you guys find me. I remember just the ridiculous level of optimism you all had when you started that podcast. You're like, no, no, no. No, the, the early stuff is good. Don't worry. It, it's going to get good. And then when it wasn't good, you were like, no, no. D- d- like, there's a good part coming up. It's going to get good eventually. There has to be some part of Digimon that's good. Why would we Why would we want to do this podcast if none of it was good? There has to be a good part coming eventually, there, 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 I'm no, sure. Mike, Mike, Mike. Just Mike, hang Mike, on, guys. Mike, the good Mike, part's around Mike, the corner. There was one good part, and now we're actually we finished the good part, and now there's still 10 more episodes left. Help. You know, the thing about, like, the power rangers was like we had the delusions that that show was going to get better but we at least knew going in that it was going to be a rough ride and tempered expectations so we weren't that disappointed yeah remember how cool we thought the green ranger was going to be remember how cool we thought zed was going to be remember how cool we thought it was going to be when the white ranger showed well, up in fairness, his name remember too- how, we, how we thought it was going to get better when the rangers were finally swapped out yeah i do remember that i do remember how we thought it was going to get better once the rangers swapped out pro tip it didn't i do but in fairness his name i never thought the white ranger was particularly cool i actually liked the green ranger mostly because of the dragon zord and i can't remember the other ones you said because i'm tired Anyway, you can also find me um, on Transmission Radio with uh, the host of Totally Reprise, Molly and Ashley. And you can also catch, well, both you and I, Mike, on our weekly stream of Pizza Party, our fate game with Luke as a GM. Yeah, like that's that's been kind of nuts because like that's the first time I've really like long term been doing any kind of tabletop campaign with anybody. And like. Yeah, I'm I'm really getting into it, and it's kind of freaking me out that I'm like I'm spending a lot of my downtime like just thinking about my character and I mean, our game. I, I wrote you like, in character letter. Like that, that started off with like the the pitch Luke gave us was that it was going to be just a silly game where we were going to like oh we're going to deliver pizzas in a fantasy world, and it was like hey that sounds dumb and fun. I'm going to make a character who's a giant fucking monster man, but he's a pacifist and he casts healing spells. That sounds like a good time. And now and now we're having like genuinely like. We're, we're getting into shit where, like, we are making each other cry. Like, <laughs> genuinely, legitimately cry, and it's kind of fucked. How, how's that uh, in character letter? What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh. What the fuck is going on in that campaign? I straight up wrote three different letters for the three other players remaining in the campaign. Yeah, that shit's gone real in that game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ju- Julie's character was was talking about to, to a goddess of language, essentially, because it's a very goddess-filled game. There's tons of goddesses. Don't worry about it. Uh, about how she couldn't find the right words to talk to the other characters, and she said, you know, hey, try writing them a letter. And then Julie wrote letters in character from her character to our characters, and like just all <laughs> kinds of shit like that. <laughs> so awesome. you can find that at Twitch.tv/videoentropy <laughs> every week. Yeah, there's no dot. Twi- Twitch.tv/videoentropy. Now here's here's the thing though we. It kind of starts in Medias Res, and it's also on the YouTube channel because, like, we initially were not planning on recording it or, or anything like that. And and it's still not, like, a proper podcast. We're still not, like, cleaning anything up. Like, this is this is a thing we did for ourselves, and then other, like, some, some fans expressed interest in wanting to know what was going on, and we were just like, okay, we're going to start streaming it, but, like, this is still going to be raw shit. Like, 
if someone has to get up to you know to go AFK for something, or somebody coughs or there's background noise or the sniffling and coughing all the, or, or dead air or any of that shit we would normally edit out of our podcast, that's just gonna be in there. Like we're not worried about entertaining people. Like that's just our tabletop game. But I mean, if you want to see it, like it's there for you to see. And some folks have really liked it so far. Yeah. Um. But that's pretty much all you can find me on. Uh, I've got a few other projects in the works, but yeah. Oh, you can also find me on Let Me Tell You About Homestuck Earth C Edition with Molly as well. And I, I like uh, Homestuck yeah. now. God damn it. Oh, God damn it. She I got you. She got me. <laughs> she, she fucking got you. Matt, have, uh, have you ever read Homestuck? Yeah, actually, I have. Matt, I, I, oh, I fucking love Yeah, No, no, no. I like Homestuck. Like, Matt, I, I'm, I'm the casual Homestuck. Matt, I though. cannot separate you and Cockett from my brain now. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, no. No, because, like, fucking me and that character feel each other on a deep <laughs> spiritual level. And, like, I think, and that's, like, the funny thing is, like, anybody who knows me knows, like, that, looks at that character and then interacts with me and then looks at that character again and then looks back at me and they're like, holy shit. <laughs> I think I think the the truly fucked up thing about that is by the time Ashley did the Carcat voice for the first time, when it was just her and, and Luke initially recording those sessions way back in the day, I don't think Ashley had really ever talked to you yet and at then that she, point. She just yeah, sounds, I don't think so She either. still kind of hasn't. She sounds like, exactly like you, Matt. It's kind of scary. Yeah. No, I'm not surprised. God. Yeah, for, for reference folks who don't listen to Homestuck, Carcat is a character in that comic who's basically just known for being angry and swearing a lot, but yeah. also being kind of a, a soft boy who's just also angry. I She's so, so angry. <laughs> just yeah. like me. Anyway, so Julie, that's it yeah. for your plugs. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Mike Loves Rabbit. Uh, you can uh, find the podcast on Twitter, at G-Shaped. That is at G-S-H-A-P-E-D on Twitter. Uh, you, you can find out what uh, future topics we're going to talk about. You can send us some questions. You can suggest topics. You can uh, send offer to mail. be on the show while making Matt really angry by saying you like Mario Party. Mario Party fucking sucks. Um, in fact, if you like Mario Party, please uh, at us, and I can <laughs> oh, I can fuck. show Matt like the a cavalcade of tweets from Mario Party fans. I want to drown him in fucking pro Mario Party tweets. You see, I don't give a shit about these supposed people and their supposed love of this supposed franchise because Mario Party Are you arguing it's not a franchise? Possibly. There are... No, actually, no. I was about to say there are 10 of them, but no, there are 12 of them. There's one oh for the fucking... Oh my god, there's 12 <laughs> of those pieces of shit. Yeah, because there's one for the DS and there's one for the, the Game Boy Advance. Oh, and there's the Ear Reader one. There's 13 of them. Oh, you fuck right <laughs> off and die. No. God. No, we're not doing that. The one for the DS was actually really good because... Oh, sure, uh, yeah, I bet it was. No, it was because what was great about it is you could play with just one cartridge. You didn't need four copies. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, you could download it. Other people could download it from your DS through, like, the Wi-Fi. Sweet. Now, instead of just one person playing a shitty game, four people can play a shitty game. I mean, it's a multiplayer game. Like, that's a pretty necessary feature, I would say. You know what would be a cooler... (laughs) You know what would be a cooler feature? Okay, a feature that, that gets you a fucking full price refund on that piece of shit. Okay. Julie needs to go, go to bed. bed. I'm, okay. picking up someone, I'm picking up Joel from TWA at the airport soon because he's coming to Australia. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So, for going pear-shaped, I've been Mike. I've been Matt. And I've been Jules. And I'm very tired right now. <laughs> yeah, so am I. I feel you. And always remember, 
diddle yourself constantly. Just don't do it with your fucking Xbox no, controller, just please. Get a, get like no, a no, get a proper that. vibe. Yeah. Invest in yourself. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>